Uni Night. Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 85 of Thirst and Goal. It is a warm night here in Southern California. It's about 9 o'clock right now at night, but it's still 95 degrees outside. I'm Franny Ben, right across the table from me. And Ben, no matter what the weather is, whether it's raining, whether it's it never snows, but if it was, <laughs> we'd be out here. You never know. Sleet, fog, hail, whatever. We're out here. We record this podcast outdoors where football should be played and sports podcasts should be recorded. Absolutely. No dome <laughs> on Thirst and Goal podcast. We're not going to take advantage or, or take away our home field advantage. Uh, Friday, how was your week this week other than sitting through a 112 degree yeah. day today? Oof, man, it was a hot one today. The coming week, the next seven days will be at least 100 degrees every day, if not 110 or so. Uh, but it was a short week, Ben. Um, I worked four days this week. I'm going to have the next few days off. I didn't get my vacation this year. So I'm, you know, I'm taking these five days off just to sort of relax and unwind. Um, you know, I visited our mutual friend, uh, that we haven't, haven't seen in forever, uh, because of the lockdowns and everything that's been going on. He lives a further away. Uh, but I did do a little bit of drinking last night. We polished off a bottle of the, uh, Johnny Walker, uh, green. Which, which is the green? No, it's a 15 year. 15 year. And, uh, it was delicious, but I am tired. I want to say I'm hungover, but I'm just tired. Yeah, I wouldn't say long... I, I wouldn't say I'm hungover. Was... <laughs> I'm just tired, dehydrated, and not dehydrated. Uh, not thinking, not thinking clearly, but uh, definitely yeah, so, not hungover. Yeah, exactly. So later on in the podcast, if I uh, don't sound like my usual self, we'll just blame it on the Johnny Walker uh, Green. Uh, but you know, it was, it was a short week. It was a good week, and uh, you know, next week I don't go back to work until Wednesday, so uh, I'll be relaxing just a little bit. What about you, Ben? I'm jealous. I'm going to do that. I think sometime in. Late August or early September, it is, it sometime is late in August. Exactly. <laughs> it's sometime in September. Then I, you know, first I was going to take some time off in June, then July, then August. So now it'll be September. I'll probably take a week off, get some stuff done around the house, and maybe, maybe if it's possible to get on a flight, uh, maybe see my, you know, some family on the East Coast for a couple of days. But we'll see about that. I'm still a little yeah. leary. You've been of talking the about airport. that for a little while. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, you know getting on an airplane right now. You just never know what to expect. How much social distancing is going on on all these flights? You know how much these uh, carriers are following regulations. Yes, some of exactly. Them don't, some of them do. So. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to do it, I'd probably take a red eye, get the least amount of people possible uh, with the least amount of activity is thinking the same thing. Yeah. So the red eye might have the most people. Bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but at least they'll be asleep instead of uh, hopefully not coughing <laughs> and hacking. But what I've read is that the airlines actually are somewhat well safer than most offices because of the circulation and the air ventilation, the HEPA ventilation system that they have on the plane. Uh -huh. Although that's a little consolation. I don't think I can get through a six hour plane ride without touching my face is at it, least is it about once. Six hours? Is it about six hours from here to, uh, to New York? About, uh, about almost about five hours going and about, or about four and a half hours. Yeah. About five hours going about four and a half hours. Tell coming back. Step on it. Yeah. It's a little bit of a tailwind coming back. So it's a little bit shorter flight coming back. Uh, but Friday, what do you? What, what, what was, how was your week, though, Ben? Oh, my week. Yeah. Uh, it was very good. It was actually a very good week uh -huh. this week, all things considered. Again, it feels like Groundhog Day without a happy ending. Yeah. So you know, but it wasn't that bad. This week, next week's going to be a little rough. I can already tell from what's coming down the pike. 
at work. Uh, but other than that, you know, our dog is a little bit healthier this week. We <laughs> told you last week about our vet, our four and a half, five hour vet visit with one of our lovely animals, but she is feeling better. Yeah. Uh, Franny, what are you drinking over there? Uh, tonight, Ben, I have a little bit of the Knob Creek rye with some club soda. Ooh, no Coke? No Coke. All right. You, do you have Coke? Yeah, if I've, you have it's coke, a, yeah, oh, it's in I'll, there. I'll grab that next. Yeah, yeah, it's All in right. there it'll, next it'll, to the. It might wake me up just a little yeah, bit. Next to the bar. I'm half asleep. Um, I am drinking. What am I drinking? I am drinking a little bit of the Citadel Gin de France. Uh-huh. It comes from the south of France. It is a very, very high quality gin. I can't recommend this gin enough. Ronnie picked this up for me last week. Mm-hmm. It has an extraordinarily tasty group of botanicals along with the juniper, but it has a melange of botanicals that are very, very good. Yeah, and it's also, another great thing about it is it is highly rated, like you said, Ben, but it's only about 21 bucks. Yeah, and it's a good gin. And it comes in a beautiful bottle. Look at that beautiful bottle right there. It's a very, very good gin. It's definitely a summer gin, so when it's 112 degrees, this is what you want. Once it gets cold, I'll probably go back maybe and try that Opir gin. Jupiter, something, moons of Jupiter or something. Oh, that was a good one, too. Friday, what are we going to talk about tonight? Uh, Tonight, Ben, on the big board, we have our NFL news. We also have a shout-out to our new and loyal listeners out there. We also have a promo from one of our fellow football podcasters oh yeah we also have our tag team news our thirst and goal news my eagles your i was gonna see your seahawks your steelers ben i feel like they're my seahawks sonya's seahawks and sonya well probably not make an appearance tonight uh she probably won't make an appearance until the season starts september 10th (laughs) if we have one god willing and we also have our, our feel good story Ben, you all, did you find another one? I did. You I found did. Another and this is a nice. This is a good, really good story too. I think they're all good stories, though. Uh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But this so. is a particularly fun and heartwarming story. All right, can't wait to hear that. And we also have our shot of the week, which is our icy hot shot. It is. Uh, it was concocted with some vodka, some Goldschläger. So, I mean, the color is a very beautiful blue, icy looking color. But then there's a little bit of heat a little bit of spice from the cinnamon gold schlager so i'm excited to taste that we also have our beverage of the week which is a classic rye it's a sazerac rye Uh, i had it once before it's been a long time and i don't remember exactly how it felt about it at that time so i figured why not give another shot ben you've never had this one before nope so it's your first one first time uh trying this uh beverage and so we'll definitely get to that i'm excited to try that once again and we also have our beer of the week which is from the alvarado street brewing company it's one of their double ipas not much info on the website i think it's a new a very yeah, new very new uh offering from them uh and if you look at the bottom of the can ben looks like it was uh, canned just recently in july it should be very yeah. very fresh and we also have our housekeeping to finish up the show all right friday what's first on the big board First up on the big board, Ben, is our NFL news. Oh, we have a lot of NFL news this week. I say that every week, but can you believe as we're less than a month away, uh, three weeks away from the opening of the season that we continue to have blockbuster news week in and week out, and this week was no exception. George Kittle of the San Francisco 49ers, we talked about him last week, saying he wanted to reset the tight end market and create a new position, a tight end, a blocker, and a receiver. Uh, So he did cash in this week. 
the 49ers and George Kittle. In a, they came to an agreement on a five-year, $75 million extension. NFL insider Ian Rappaport in, reported earlier this week. Uh, of the $75 million total, more than half of it is made up of guarantees. $30 million guaranteed at signing and $40 million guaranteed for injury and $18 million arriving via signing bonus. So that was a nice payday, a nice check for George Kittle this week. The new deal makes him the highest paid tight end by a wide margin, surpassing Tampa Bay's Rob Gronkowski in terms of total contract value, $54 million, and blowing past Chargers tight end Hunter Henry, $10.6 million on a one-year franchise tag, and Brown's Austin Hooper at $10.5 million uh, in terms of average per year, though we'll talk about Jason Kelsey in a moment, uh, but it's money well spent, according to ESPN. Kittle's 2,945 receiving yards and 216 receptions are the most by a tight end in his first three seasons in NFL history. Hear that, Tony Gonzalez. His 1,743 yards gained after catch in his career, including an eye-popping 873 yards in total in 2018, are the most by any NFL tight end since 2017, and 790 yards gained after contact are the most of any player over the last two years. Franny, what say you about George Kittle averaging 15-plus million dollars yep. a year and $40 million in guaranteed money? Yeah, well, we talked about it last week, Ben. Before it happened, I think the news broke on Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember exactly when it did happen, but it was earlier in the week, and uh, you know, I was in favor of him signing a large contract because he is... One of the top three, if maybe even the best tight end in the league. Well, maybe not better than Kelsey. But he's number one or number two. Definitely he's up there. Um, but like you said, the yards after catch is very impressive. And with him, uh, you know, averaging about a thousand yards receiving the last couple of years, that is also very impressive. I mean, there are wide receivers that have those types of numbers that sign these types of deals. And he does a little bit more than some of those guys because he's also used as a blocker at times. So the tight end position has become more important in the NFL. If you have a good tight end, and Ben, you didn't even know who the tight tight end was for the Steelers because you guys <laughs> don't true. utilize the, no. t- the tight end position. Tight but end, there are a lot of teams now that are looking to spend extra cash and to uh, to get an early uh, draft pick on a very solid tight end. Uh, it's a position that's definitely making a comeback in the NFL and it has for the past you know 10 years or so. It was They were quiet for a little bit there, but they're yeah. coming back and uh, you know with Kittle, being one of the best, $15 million a year. I agree with it last week, and I still agree with it today. Uh, I mean, I think I think he deserved to get a nice, lucrative contract. I would have liked to have seen something a little bit more in the 13 or $14 million a year range just based on his size, his abuse that he takes and, and gives out on the football field. Uh, his body takes a beating week in and week out, both in the blocking game as well as in the receiving game. So I'm a little bit leery in terms of the guaranteed money over the course of the next few years at $40 million, because if he gets hurt, which is a distinct possibility given the type of beating that he takes and gives week in and week out, he deserves a big contract. Did he deserve $5 million more than the next tight end on that list? Maybe not. Uh, but the San Francisco 49ers, as, as we were discussing before the podcast, don't have a tight, a ton of money tied up in the marquee positions, the running back position and the quarterback position, nor do they have a ton of money, uh, out there in outlays at the wide receiver position. So they can afford to give him this type of deal. Mm-hmm. So given the way that the Niners are constructed, I think it was a smart deal for the Niners to make, but on a team with, you know, big money 
invested at the wide receiver, quarterback, and and running back position might not be a good good move for them. But I agree that that he deserved a big yeah. contract. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, look that, at those numbers. Yeah, no, he has he has he has, uh, he has great stats. Uh, but another thing is, um, he, he's a great locker room presence. He seems like a fun guy to be around. A lot of tight ends actually seem like fun dudes to be around. Gronkowski, yep. party animal. Um, but I mean, you know, Kittle has that Dallas same Goddard, sort uh, of... Very fun at the bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely I've fun heard. to hang out with at the bars. I, I, I've heard, yeah. He, he uh, you know, gets knocked out every once in a while. Um, but you know, for Kelsey, he's you know one of those happy-go-lucky kind of guys. Um, you know, definitely a great locker room presence, and and he's he's 26, so he's still fairly young. You know, I mean, there's always that risk of injury, but at 26 years old, he has the ability to overcome those injuries. So, you know, if even if he has a serious injury, he still has enough time to come back and be you know be the same healthy kiddo that he was. Because I know the next guy we're going to talk about is a little bit older. Oh, for sure. Uh, Friday, anything else to add about George? Can we move Chill. on? Can, Can we, we move, move on? on? Yes. <laughs> Anything you want to add, Ben? No, I, I mean, I think it's a smart deal for the Niners. I, it wouldn't be a smart deal for the Cowboys or the Steelers, but it was a smart deal for the Niners given the way that their salary uh-huh. uh, cap is spread among the players on that team and given what they have to shell out at the quarterback and running back positions. I think it was a smart move, uh, and we'll see how it pans out. I mean, he's got a big, big shoes to fill on that team now, and we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up. Travis Kelsey of your Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, your Kansas City Chiefs have signed, I know you do, have signed Pro Bowl tight end Travis Kelsey to a four-year extension through 2025, the next six seasons, although I doubt he'll see the end of this deal. The deal is worth $57 million in total for 14, around 14, 15 million Per season and includes just under $25 million in guarantee. So $15 million guaranteed less than George Kittle, turning 31, as Frane mentioned earlier in October. Kelsey had two years left on his contract with salary cap figures of $11.2 million in 2020 and $9 million in 2021. The extension will take him well into the back half of his 30s. They could be 37 at the end of this deal. Kelsey signed for less money than the 49ers just committed to George Kittle, but this is the 31-year-old's third and possibly last contract. Aging well and staying healthy, Kelsey Kelsey has cleared 1,000 yards in each of the past four seasons. That is impressive, eclipsing 1,200 yards twice. He and Kittle remain in their own tier in the fantasy football position at tight end and uh, ranks by or but tight end ranks but the edge probably goes to Kelsey given that he is catching passes from Patrick Mahomes instead of Jimmy yeah, Garoppolo exactly. and let's not forget Zach Ertz mm-hmm. and Dallas Goddard when it comes to your time for your fantasy football draft <laughs> what say you about and we have the tight end rankings that we're going to go through All right, uh, nice. at the end of the the end of the NFL news tonight. We have a, a few rankings, but I thought between Kelsey and Kittle being signed, I was going to move that one or we we're going to move that one to next week, but we'll do the tight end rankings this week. Uh, but Friday, what say you about Jason Kelsey, yeah. Mahomes, and the rest yeah. of that offense coming Lock back? Them in. Lock happy, those happy, guys happy. In. Lock those guys in for sure, especially Kelsey. Uh, you know, another 
great locker room presence as well. Um, but you just look at his stats. I mean, they've been amazing, uh, even from the beginning of his career. 2014, 862 yards uh, receiving. 2015, 875. 2016, 1,125. Uh, 2017, 1,038. 2018, 1,336. And in 2019, uh, 1,229. But he just means so much to this team. And they don't spend a lot of money on offense other than, you know, Mahomes, obviously. They paid him a ton of money. They're paying Kelsey a pretty good chunk right here. You know, it'll be 31 in October. It's always a risk to pay a guy that's, you know, well, not well into his 30s, but in the NFL, that's well into your 30s already when you're <laughs> well, 31. Well into uh, your 30s. <laughs> uh, and I think what they, they signed Tyreek Hill. Um, they're yep. not really spending much money at the running back position or at the uh, running back. Yeah. yeah running back. Uh, the offensive line. I'm not sure how many guys they've signed there, um, but they just have weapons all around, all across the board. It seems like they just come up with these guys in the draft year in and year out. They just draft so well for their offense where they can, they can afford to spend this much on Kelsey because if they can't keep one of their receivers, they're just going to, they're going to find the next great guy. Yeah. I mean, uh, Andy Reid, much like, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers just have a way of finding receivers in the draft or through free agency that come in and perform well. You know, Kelsey has been, you know, a l- quietly, I would say much more quietly yeah. than George Kittle, uh, a superstar at the tight end position for a lot of years now. And his brother's a great player. Yeah. Too. And his brother is a great player <laughs> on the offensive line for the, the Philadelphia Eagles. One of the best centers in the league. That's true. I mean, he's no Marquise Pouncey, but, you know, <laughs> he's a little bit older. He's a little bit older. Uh, yeah, but I think this is, I actually, I, I like this contract. I think he deserves this money given the longevity of his career and the production that he has been able, uh, to put up year after year after year. He isn't asked to block as much as I would say George Kittle is, but he's certainly a capable blocker. And given those numbers and that production, along with the touchdowns over his career, I think he deserved this money. And this Chiefs team, especially on offense, it's going to be really, really scary for everyone yeah. in the AFC Man. next year. New England got weaker, but Kansas City got stronger. That doesn't bode well for the AFC yeah. at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be the the Kansas City Chiefs, the Steelers, I hope, uh, and Bill Belichick and his stable of eight or nine running backs Baltimore. signed another Baltimore's running back. Uh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But I, I'm really interested to see what Belichick is, is going to do with, with essentially eight running backs yeah. on his roster. Uh, because I think that offense is going to look really different this year. But, I mean, I think Kelsey deserves this money. Andy Reid doesn't make these kinds of mistakes. And I think this is a smart deal. He's locked up through the end of his career, $25 million. Essentially, after two years, you can get out of this deal. So I think it's a smart move mm-hmm. for the Chiefs. No, definitely. Because if he performs well and you want to keep him around, keep him around. Mm-hmm. Won't be a big salary cap hit, especially three, four, five years from now. Will not be a huge salary cap hit. Mm-hmm. So I think especially this is a now. really... It's a win-now league. And yeah. they have the team to win. Obviously, we saw it last year. Yeah. They're going to have the same team next year and the following year. Like you said, three or four years down the line, there might be some changes, but you want to win now because right now is the window for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and you got to take advantage of it. I mean, look what happened to the Seahawks, right? I mean, everyone thought they were going to go on to four, five, six Super Bowls over the stretch of, of seven or eight years. They went to those two back-to-back Super Bowls, and mm-hmm. then we haven't seen them in a Super Bowl mm-hmm. since then. So, you know, I think the Chiefs are smartly trying to strike while the iron is hot here because, you know, things can happen across your team and across your coaching staff that lead to, you know, several years of being competitive while having great quarterbacks like the like the Seattle Seahawks, but not necessarily getting back to that position at the Super Bowl mountaintop. Yep. 
It's 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 hard to go back. It's, it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you know, New England made it look so easy yeah. for twenty years, but it is not that easy. No other no. team has had that sort of success. And I mean, you saw with the Eagles too. I mean, the Eagles had a very solid team, but they have not reached that pinnacle. They they went, you know, to the uh, to the Super Bowl, then they went to the conference round. I mean, to, to the divisional round actually, and then now they went out in uh, in the wild card round. So they're, they're yep. you know they're, they're they're taking a step back every single year it seems. Um, but it, it is very difficult to get back to the Super Bowl every year with injuries. So with the team that they have right now, lock these guys in, do what you can right now. Absolutely. Because, you know, you just don't know what will happen in the future. It happens so quickly in the NFL. Could not agree more. Russell Wilson thought he was going back year after year, and we have not seen them back in the Super Bowl since 2014. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So... count Don't count your chickens, as they say. (laughs) Uh, Anything else to add about Travis Kelsey and your Kansas City Chiefs? Well, I like Andy Reid. I don't, I don't. I don't know about the. I mean, I was happy with with them winning the Super Bowl. I yeah, know, but uh, you our know. inaugural shot on this show, our shot of the week, yeah, which we right. have done for say probably eighty weeks in a row yeah, yeah. or eighty episodes in a row. The first one was the bloody the arrowhead, bloody arrowhead. Uh, in you know in honor of Andy Reid getting to the playoffs back in two thousand and eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, the Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott is locked up for the long term. The Buffalo Bills signed uh, head coach Sean McDermott to a multi-year contract extension this past Wednesday, ensuring the fourth-year coach will be with the team for the foreseeable future. Uh, Terms were not disclosed earlier in the week, but Adam Schefter says that it is a six-year deal that will tie him to the Bills through the 2025 season. McDermott came to Buffalo in 2017, and in his first season, he ended a 16-season 16, 16 playoff drought. He again led Buffalo to the playoffs in 2019, becoming just the third head coach in franchise history to make the playoffs in two of his first three seasons with the team. What say you about the Bills locking up a head coach still in search of a quarterback? Uh, right, I know. Seriously, it seems like they 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 thought they had their quarterback of the future, but it 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 doesn't really look like like we're we're not happy with uh with uh, Josh Allen or is it Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Josh yeah. Allen. Okay. Um. No, but it's 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 great to lock him up. You know, we 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 talked about this in the past on the on the podcast with the coaching carousel. You got a bug on your microphone right there. It's, it's not a B, Ben. It's not going to sting you this time around. Um. And it, I don't know if uh you know. If you've listened to the podcast in the past, uh, Ben might have been the first podcast host to be stung by a bee live on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, Unpleasant experience. Yeah. <laughs> and there was almost that second yeah. incident that happened uh, where it was on the table. It was crawling around you, but I called it out. Um, no, but it's it's a great move uh, for the Bills. They've definitely found some success under Sean McDermott. It looks like he knows what he's doing. His defenses have been uh, quite solid uh, in the AFC um, like you said, Ben, I mean, they they do need to move on and find a new quarterback. I think they would find a lot more success if they had, you know, somebody that was just a few notches above what Josh yep. Allen offers them. He just doesn't have, um, you know, the pocket awareness. Uh, he doesn't have the accuracy that he needs. I mean, he's great with his feet, but, um, you know, they they sort of need to move on from him or, or, or you know, draft somebody that they can mold sort of uh, moving forward because, you know, if Sean McDermott is stuck with him, I don't really see them, you know, going too far in the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, for the Bills, for so many seasons, uh, for, what, 20 years, uh, you know, almost, they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, ever since uh, I left Buffalo when yeah. I graduated from college in 1996. Yeah, I mean, they found success in the early 90s. Uh, you know, four straight Super Bowls that they did not win, not even one. Um, but, you know, from that time up until almost Sean McDermott 
you know, got there. Um, they didn't find any sort of success. So, you know, you find a little bit of success with this guy. You just can't keep on, you know, flipping the page and, and, and picking up new quarter or, or new coaches. Um, uh, because, you know, we, we, like we said, uh, we talked about this in the past. Um, you know, coaching carousels don't usually work nope. in the NFL. You, you know, we see the Browns and how terrible they've been over the years with like the 30 or so coaches. I don't even know how many coaches they've had, but it seems like every single yeah. year they have a new coach yeah. and they're trying to find the next great guy. Sean McDermott, I don't think is the most amazing coach ever, but he definitely has the ability to take them, you know, further in the playoffs, you know, possibly a Super Bowl appearance if they can find a new quarterback. Yeah, it's going to be tough in the AFC, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. At, at least as as long as the Chiefs are uh, at full strength. But I agree. I mean, and, and I'm really happy for the Bills. I mean, I, as, as many fans of the show know, our listeners know, I went to school, my undergrad in Buffalo uh, during the time when they were actually going to Super Bowls. And, uh, you know, we had Thurman Thomas and Bruce Smith and Don Beebe and, and, you know, you know, and Ed, uh, not Ed Reed. I uh, can't remember the guy's name, wide receiver. Jim uh, Kelly. I mean, Reed, Jim Kelly, uh, and the rest of that crew. And it was just a really fun time. And then they just dropped off a cliff and mm-hmm. they've not been able to get back there. Uh, I think I, I really like McDermott. I think he's a hard-nosed coach. I think he understands – the way you build your team is from the inside out, defensive line, offensive line out. You know, they did a lot of things in the offseason, uh, signing some some help for Josh Allen at they the receiver dudes. position. And they also continued to buttress that offensive line and they and they made a lot of nice moves on defense. So they're strong on the offensive line, defensive line, not quite as strong on the offensive line. But he understands that you build the team from the outside from the inside out. And I think that's what sets you up for success for a long time. That's what San Francisco has done. That's what Bill Belichick has done. That's what even the Steelers have done. So, I mean, I, I think it's 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 good that the Buffalo Bills have, you know, a, a top-tier coach, not up there with the Andy Reeves and the Mike Tomlins and the Bill Belichick. Yeah, it's not up there. But, but he's damn close to that group of people. Oh, he's damn close. But he's... Well, I, I, I give him a little bit of a... Of a you know, a, a handicap. Yeah, and I give him credit because for he's what... playing like like a handicap in yeah. golf because he's it's the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, exactly. So it's harder to do it. You know, I feel like it's harder to accomplish anything there. Just uh-huh. the, the inertia seems to be so, so powerful against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think he's going to do well. And I mean, it's a it's a passionate fan base oh, for over sure. there. It's, it's, I think it's great for the Bills, Ben. I mean, you witnessed it firsthand. Um, but you know, good for them. Good for Sean McDermott. Absolutely. Uh, anything else to add? Can we move on? <laughs> Yes. All right. Next up, your Dallas Cowboys adding another piece to the defense. The Cowboys bolstered their defensive line with the signing of veteran defensive end Everson Griffin to a one-year contract. The deal is worth $6 million with a base salary of $3 million, and it includes incentives that could increase by another $3 million. Uh, There was interest in Griffin going back to the spring, allegedly, but he was looking at returning to Minnesota, where he spent 10 seasons compiling 700 and wait, 74 assists, 741 <laughs> sacks. Well, all right then. 74 wait. and a half sacks yeah, yeah, in 147, <laughs> in 147,412 sacks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Reggie White. Uh, Griffin, a four time pro bowler, is the fourth veteran defensive lineman signed by the Dallas Cowboys this offseason mm-hmm. they are going all in on defense with yeah. Van Der Esch coming back healthy as well yeah. this Dallas defense you know we'll see what we get out of the offense but this yeah. Dallas defense got, is uh, is nothing to sneeze at yeah Brian. yeah you can sneeze at him uh Everson Griffin I don't you know. know Everson Griffin he's already yeah he, he's he's 33 but he's 33 years old right yeah I, I think it's uh, he's, so he's, he's right around there he's, I mean if if they picked him up 
three or four years ago, I'd say it's a great signing. I mean, they didn't they didn't throw a ton of money at his way, uh, but it, it it definitely bolsters their line. Um, you know, they have uh, McCoy, uh, Datari Poe, um, you know, Demarcus Lawrence. Oh yeah, it's um, terrible. You know, they, they lost. Well, I mean, well, I mean, what has Demarcus Lawrence really done? I mean, they always talk about Demarcus Lawrence being this great defense. He goes to the bank with his giant paycheck. <laughs> but I mean, you know, he's a big name player, but it doesn't really show on the field. I mean, you know, you know, I watch the Cowboys a lot. They're in my division. I'm not impressed by Demarcus Lawrence. You hear his name a lot. You hear it come up, but I don't know why. Because he has a a, a blue star on his helmet. Give me a break. Well, but isn't that all it takes I, in the I, NFL? I, I, I mean, Dak Prescott thinks that's all it takes. Um, but Ooh. you know, <laughs> well, he's not going to be on the field. No, it's 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 a good move for them. You know, if if they really reached and paid a ton of money for the guy, then I would say it's a terrible move. But you know, the contract is not huge. It just adds to the depth that they currently have there. But they they're still weak at the cornerback position. You know, I mean, like I mean, you know, Vandrash is coming back. He's a great linebacker. He's a great young talent. I'm sure he's going to be looking for a, a large salary when his time comes and he does deserve it um but you know i you know this everson griffin move doesn't really strike fear in the hearts of anybody in the nfc east yeah i mean don't they i mean scandrick is there still at corner correct yeah he's all right whatever <laughs> you're not going to get funny to say anything nice about the cowboys but i have a feel this is what i heard in philadelphia i don't think orlando scandrick's still there I think didn't he retire or something i think he did retire he wants like the he's he's, a, he's also he's a little bit oh man looks oh yeah he, he uh, uh cornerback byron jones yeah. jenobe awuzie and cj Goodwin nah, here yeah, at the cornerback position. Just bad mouthing the Eagles. He he played there for a little bit, but you know who cares? Uh 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 uh. I'm gonna take my shot right now. All right, I'll take a shot with you as well. But if I were the Eagles, I would have heard this in my headset this week. Oh please! Yeah. It's gonna be yeah. a rough one. Yeah, he's not, it's not their the, defense it's, it's, is it's nothing not the to 2017 at. Everson Griffin. It's the 2020 33 year old Everson Griffin. The last two years, he's had seven and a half sacks. You know, and he's been he was injured for about seven or eight games or whatever. So they're you know he's injury prone. He's 33 years old. Yeah, he's gonna bring so much to this team. Yeah, let's see him go against that Eagles offensive line and see what he can do. Yeah, but that depth chart's pretty scary on yeah. defense. Yeah. Here we go. They got a lot of big names, but you know. We, we want to see what they can actually do. I agree. I mean, I'm usually the one that's bad mouthing the Cowboys, yeah. but tonight I give him credit. Getting Griffin Cheers. for three million. If he flops, so what? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, per our drinking game agreement, Ben, if I say anything negative about the Cowboys or a team in my division, I take a shot. If you say anything negative about any team in your division, which is the AFC North, or if Sonia says anything negative about any team in her division, which is the NFC West, West she takes a shot. And it's a punishment shot, Ben. We both hate this shot, and it it's about ninety-five degrees. Beam. Too peach and it is warmed up it is bubbling i think it's boiling ben. oh god it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's a warm night tonight. it's a 95 degree shot right now yeah. we're taking yeah well let's take the shot ben i said a couple of negative things there about the cowboys and their defensive line Sorry, you're hearing me adjust so, my microphone there. you know I, I i don't see this as a move that's going to take them over the top you know they're going to go they went eight and eight this past year they're going to go eight and eight this year with everson griffin all right let's do it this nasty I'm a, I'm a little biased, though, by the way. You would, you think? Oh my God, that's disgusting! Uh, at that temperature, at the, or whatever, I mean, at this temperature that it is outside right now. Yeah, 92 right now. That was disgusting. Yeah, not the greatest. 
All right. So the A or the NFC East winning Dallas Cowboys <laughs> make another signing this week. Wait, when did they win? Uh, it was the last year. December. Uh, what's it? When's the last week of the season? Well, you said winning. I mean, yeah, I'm I mean, kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, everyone knows how I feel about the Cowboys, especially well, you talk, their you offense talk a and lot Dak of shit Prescott. About Dak Prescott. See, I don't say a lot of negative things about Dak Prescott. That's that's where you come in. Well, it's because Everson Griffin got three million dollars, not thirty-eight million dollars. <laughs> huh. And ever and he didn't ask for thirty eight million. No, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to hate on the Dallas Cowboys regardless of who they pick up. But I mean, it's 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 a decent move, but it's not going to take them over the top. They have they have other issues uh, on the team that they need to take care of. Yeah, that's true. And they they definitely need to uh, shore up their offensive game plan with Dak Prescott going into this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else to add about Cowboys defense? Uh nothing. But a little bit of depth. Uh, next up, your. Kansas City Chiefs. Sammy Watkins is taking less money to win after being overpaid his entire career. Oh, yeah. Having spent the first three seasons of his NFL career in what he saw as a hopeless situation with the Buffalo Bills. Sammy Watkins says he has no interest in leaving what he sees as an ideal situation with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's very important to stay, said Watkins, the wide receiver who could have forced his way out of the final year of his contract by refusing to accept a reduced salary for what we did in winning the Super Bowl and the type of team and coaches that we have, the organization, why wouldn't I stay? I'm a guy that's been in the league going on seven years, and I've been on teams that were not so good and were not winning. We've got a well-established quarterback, a well-established team, coaches, organizations. The real fun is in the winning more so than anything. Watkins agreed to a restructured deal that will pay him $9 million down from $14 million. I said, I think I've made enough money. I'd love more money, but what? as far as being smart Did and staying... Did a football staying, player actually yeah, say that? That's why I wanted. To, I, that's why I have this on the, on the agenda. On his team, knowing that you've got to pay Patrick Mahomes, you've got to pay Chris Jones, there's a lot of guys you've got to pay. So for me to take a contract like I did was a blessing. This is my happy place, so why not take a smaller contract and come out and play with the guys I've been playing with? Watkins has been the Chiefs' third leading receiver in each of his two seasons with the Kansas City Chiefs behind Kelsey and Tyree Kill. He said he was willing to accept such a role as long as the Chiefs were winning. You know, he did make... Probably far too much money. Oh, yeah. Most of his career, his, both in Buffalo and in Kansas production. City. I mean, it, yeah. he, was, he was decent. He was decent in Buffalo. He he, he was. Not on my fantasy team, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. no, but it, it seems like he has, uh, you know, three or four weeks where he's amazing. Uh, and then, you know, he, he's pretty much silent for the rest of the year. But I mean, it's, it's a good move for him. I mean, it's, 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 um, it's a good move for the team. Um, and you know, like he, like he said himself, he's been overpaid his entire career, and he's made enough well, he money. He didn't say that he was yeah, overpaid well, his mean, entire that, career. But he's made enough you money. You might be paraphrasing. He's made enough, too much money. I think that's what for his, has for said. his talent. Uh, you know, for what he brings to the team, he doesn't. He doesn't deserve the contracts that he's actually signed. Um, but you know, he he. Uh, I think this is a good move for him for the team, and you know, I. I, I I'm not sure what his contract was and or whether or not, you know, Kansas City could have gotten rid of him. Um, but hey, one year, one year left, one year left. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I guess they couldn't have got rid of him. But I, I think he just wants to stay there one more year, show that he wants a team friendly deal because he, he sees that this team could potentially win another Super Bowl. Yeah. And I think it's so refreshing with all these guys with their disrespect and yeah, I deserve to make more money than this guy. And this guy deserves to make less money than I do. Dak Prescott. And, you know, Dak Prescott and all these other guys 
you know, uh, granted it's a four or five year career, but all, I mean, we all know, or we don't all know, but a lot of people know, you know, so, I mean, all the studies show that you, that more money does not make you more happy. Mm-hmm. It may well. make you, it do, <laughs> well. oh, after a certain yeah, limit, yeah, well, a, after know, a certain you, level. Give me a few million dollars to see how happy I am. You And you will be. You <laughs> I mean, so, so whatever eighty ninety thousand dollars is over the course yeah. of your entire working life yeah, well, you know. is essentially the threshold by which, you know, psychological studies show you aren't any happier than you were when you were making below that amount of money. So to fixate on money over everything else, which is what a lot of these guys do going from team, like Clowney doesn't have a deal right now. And he's probably going to end up on some team that's terrible over what? $2 million, $3 million, $4 million instead of, you know, he'll, he'll end up making what? $15 million, $16 million instead of nine or $10 million really over the course of his life. Mm -hmm. Is that going to make a huge Difference. He has an eighteen thousand square foot house instead of a twenty four thousand square foot house. You know the reality is it doesn't make you any happier. So to see some whenever a player does this, it's it just warms the cockles of my heart. No, no. It's, I mean it's, it's great. Like uh, you know a lot of Eagles players have done this where they restructure their contracts. I mean they're still making the same amount of money, but it's less cap hit for that the team, which allows them to sign more players, better players, or sign other guys that they want to keep. So I mean it's a great move for uh, for Sammy Watkins. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he probably has an 18,000 square foot house somewhere also. Maybe 24,000 square foot. Probably. <laughs> uh, but this is, and this is what the Steelers do. I mean, this is what Kevin Colbert, you know, he has a, his full time job as general manager, then his, then his second full time job of restructuring contracts of Pittsburgh Steeler players because they're constantly doing this churning year after year, you know, stretching, stretching the terms out, you know, restructuring into signing bonuses and, and incentives so that the Steelers can stay under the cap. I, I just really, I mean, it would just warm the cockles of my heart. So, little applause for Sammy Watkins. Bravo. Taking less Bravo, money. Bravo, Sammy. All right. He definitely deserves standing ovation, a standing ovation for Sammy Watkins. And when he's holding up the trophy and Jadavion Clowney is playing with Baker Mayfield and <laughs> yeah. he's saying that I wasn't emotionally ready for this year, even though I just said I wasn't emotionally ready for last year, and they end up at 4-12 and 12 or something like that or 5-11 and 11 when he's playing for a bunch of scrubs or hanging out down in Jacksonville playing for the Jaguars, we shall see if the extra couple million dollars that he made was worthwhile. Uh, Franny, anything else to add? Nothing's added, Ben. All right. Next up. Oh, can we move on? I think so. All right. Next up, Neon, Deion Sanders, Hall of Fame cornerback. Deion Sanders is not happy. Oh, oh prime man. time is you out. I love that show. I hate this guy. Is not <laughs> happy. At, well, I loved him as a player. Uh, player. Is not happy at players who chose to opt out of the 2020 NFL season. In a Twitter post, a 52-year-old slammed all players who opted out of their respective campaigns, noting that the league will continue to play the season with or without them. Uh, Sanders said, All players opting out in all sports, please believe the game will go on without you. This is a business, and don't you ever forget that. There's no one that's bigger than the game itself. Only the ref, umps, and officials are that important that you can't play without them. The NFL lost seven of them this week. Not you, the former NFL star said. Deion Sanders seems to be missing the point of the opt-outs. Most, if not all, of the players who chose not to play this season did so to make not a statement, but to protect themselves and their families from the deadly coronavirus that is ravaging the country. Sanders will join Barstool Sports after getting out of his or, or coming to a mutual end of his contract with him. the NFL. They fired, they fired him, basically. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think it was the end of his contract. I can't, I don't remember. 
Uh, but he'll join Barstool Sports and his own podcast, Twenty First and Prime, where he where he will do even less research than we did just for this one segment for his entire show. The website announced Wednesday morning on its signature podcast, Pardon My Take. The hire gives Barstool Sports a sports and pop culture blog founded by David Portnoy in 2003. It's most high profile hire to date. Sanders will have appeared or had appeared on Pardon My Take at the end of July. I had no idea when I went on with you guys last time that this would transpire so quickly, Sanders said on his podcast Wednesday. He expects to be a regular on Pardon My Take guest on Sunday nights during the NFL season. Mm-hmm. Frane, what say you about you know, well, a, a statement that makes no sense yeah. coming completely well, we out of left this. field. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this though on the show so many times. You know, why does Dion Sanders? I mean, why does Skip Bayless? I mean, why? why he, he just, just sits uh, in a chair and uh, just just spouts off shit. He doesn't even, he doesn't do any research. I mean, really? I mean, really? That's that's basically he sits he sits in that chair. He wears a lot of jewelry. Um, but I mean, you know, just, just, just listening to him. I mean, just because he's one of the greats, one of the ex greats in the NFL, it doesn't mean he can carry his own show. You know, I mean, not everybody's a broadcaster out there. Not everybody, neither is Tony Romo, by the way. But, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these, a lot of these shot, guys, shot, 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 a lot of these guys, they just can't. That's a shot. Do it. I mean, as much as I hate Chris Collinsworth because he's an Eagles hater, I think he he does a decent job. He has a good voice, uh, you know, as, as a broadcaster. Um, so there are certain guys that can do it, certain guys that cannot do it. But Deion Sanders definitely can't carry his own show. I was, I mean, you know, I'll tune in uh, after Monday Night Football just to watch his reactions after the game. But I was never really entertained by him. You know, I mean, was it like the camera followed him like offset to some room with a couch in it, like with dark lighting, yeah, with a primetime sweatshirt on or a primetime t shirt? I like Shannon Sharp, like Shannon Sharp. I like, I I can listen to him. But he he has knowledge of the game both as a player, yeah, but knowledge of the game and researching statistics and studies and analytics and all that other stuff that goes into the game. Uh He reads and he understands all of that. Deion Sanders just sits there, watches the game calls a couple guys in the locker room, pretends that he's like yeah. this cool 52-year-old, you know, <laughs> um, talks to Alvin Kamara and, and you yeah. know, other guys in the locker room. And, he, and that, to me, is just not yeah. entertaining. Well, I'm, sure, I'm sure those guys are happy to talk to him because he is, you know, one of the, you know, he's one of the best uh, quarterbacks, you know, in the league, multiple teams, uh, unfortunately for the Cowboys as well. Um, but, you know, I'm sure those guys are excited to talk to him, but it should just be a segment of a show that's carried by somebody else because he obviously can't carry his own show. And I think the NFL Network finally figured that out. They got rid of him and he's moving on to Barstool Sports or whatever. Eh, maybe it's a great signing for them. Maybe get some maybe some viewers actually like the guy. Um, but you know, I, I never really enjoyed watching Deion Sanders. No, and I, did, and I didn't think he added anything to the broadcast or anything. It was more of a sports entertainment segment, like a really bad talk show. Um, but what do you what did you think about his statement about, you know, you know, berating every player that decided to opt out. Yeah. Well, there are certain guys that opted out for health reasons or because one of their family members had, you know, health concerns. Um, so, you know, you, 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 you know, it, it's, 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 it's their, op- I mean, they have the option to do it. I don't, I don't agree with everybody now. I mean, all the people that, that, that actually um, are, are not going to play this season, but you know, it's their choice. And I'm not going to call them out on that and say that they're this or that. Yeah, it's 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 their decision. But they know? weren't like it's making a, they weren't decision. making a political statement yeah, or no, something yeah. that that how dare you play this you know play the season and we're not going to play and we hope that the NFL shuts down. Yeah, I don't think that that was the decision that that Devontae Hightower made or a lot. I mean, he made he, his decision was Sammy Watkins' decision. I have enough money. Mm-hmm. I just have a, I have a newborn baby. I don't feel like playing. Yeah, I think it was Nate Solder. I yeah. think his five year old son has uh, has cancer. Yeah. So you know, you know, obviously, you know, you don't you don't want to bring any 
you know, viruses or, or diseases into the house that may affect the health of your kid. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of these guys have those same concerns and that's why they opted out of this season. And, you know, if they have the option to do so, you know, they're, they're making less money, but it's their decision ultimately. Yeah. I mean, you have some, some guys that opted out that weren't going to make the roster. So they ended up making $150,000, you know, in a season where they weren't going to work. Uh, but, at, you know, by the NFL standards, they probably should have made that amount of money anyway. And, you know, we all, you know, statistically, it's it's extraordinarily unlikely that anything terrible is going to happen to these guys or, you know, most of their family members. But if this is the decision that they're making, they're not making some statement that says, you know, how dare you play this season? They're just making individual decisions. And we went through it last week. There weren't that many players. Mm-hmm. You know, we went through, I think, the, all of the names of the final opt-outs last week. Yeah. And but for, you know, Patrick Chung and Hightower and Solder and yeah, some the, other guys. The Patriots may be impacted yeah. more so than some of the other teams. But it wasn't like there was, you know, five, six, seven. Steelers don't have a single player that opted out. I don't think mm-hmm. the Eagles have a single no, player. The, or maybe well, one. one player that opted yeah, out. Yeah, Marquise. So, I mean, there, there are teams in the league that don't have anyone on their entire ro- James Conner didn't opt out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are teams, you know, that have no one that opted out. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand what his point was mm-hmm. in in making a statement like that, especially since he's not playing and was not put into that situation to have to make that decision. He sits on his couch at NFL Network or now in his house, you know, opining on the game that he saw that day. The extent of his research is watching the game that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if he put the amount, of, the amount of effort into his current job, as he expects these guys to put into their, their current job, I think he'd have a leg to stand on, but... I just think it was a, a somewhat despicable thing to say mm-hmm. and unnecessary. I have a but shot yeah, I'll, I'll do a quarter of a shot with you, you wanna, because uh, you did you I, did criticize I, I Tony Romo, the Tony Romo in there. Uh, widely not, widely recognized as the best or Here, second me, best. Give, give me a shot glass right there. Widely recognized as the best or the second best NFL play by play broadcaster on national television, but Frane just doesn't like him. He just does, even though he never won a Super Bowl, even though he never prevented you from getting to the Super Bowl. He was a good quarterback. You know, he was a good quarterback. I, I, I give him credit. He was, he, he is better than Dak Prescott, in my opinion. He just can't uh, broadcast when he's sick. It, <laughs> but I, he, he's just, he's, he's calling the obvious. Whatever's happened on the field, he just calls the obvious play. And I don't know. I just, I just, I don't, I don't see why so many folks think he's, you know, he's, he's such a great He's a really likable dude. Yeah, he's not really. he, but peep other people Cheers. that aren't, that aren't, Giants, Washington football team, or Eagles fans tend to like them. Mm. That's disgusting. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a nasty sound effect for uh, Deion just, Sanders. Just throw up a sound effect, man. Just, just, just throw one up. Let's see what we got there. We are a positive show. <laughs> I think that was Deion Sanders' advice, was Marshawn Lynch's <laughs> advice. You know, take care of y'all chicken instead of taking care of y'all family. Oh, uh, so that was that was the I just randomly hit a yeah, I just hit a button. Right I just there. hit a button and that was the one that came up. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'd much rather see Marshawn Lynch giving play by oh, giving information at the end of the day. Much more fun. That would be way more fun uh, and and far less uh, egocentric yeah. than Deion Sanders is. Zuz, zuz, zuz. Uh, all right, uh, next up, Franny. We have a little bit. Uh, we have. You want to go through the tight end rankings? Yeah, should we take a quick break? Uh, yeah. How far in are we here? About. Oh, about forty-five minutes in. Yeah. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our tight end rankings. All right. All 
All right, and we are back with the remainder of the NFL news. We have our tight end rankings, and it really should just be a top three ranking, but I'm sure they have all 32. Well, there are <laughs> other tight ends in the league. Uh, they only did 15 here. This is from, oh, okay. from That's good. Uh, Pro Football Focus, which is a really great website. Uh, they have rankings of a lot of the position groups as well as defenses, secondaries. Uh, and I think for the most part, they do a much better job than, say, ESPN or CBS or NFL, uh, especially that top 100 ridiculousness that left off oh. uh, that left off Ben Roethlisberger, yes. Minka Fitzpatrick and Carson Wentz off the top 100 going into this coming season, which is just but that Prescott 46. Uh, you, you remember that? You remember the exact remember number? Him. That's it. That's that's well, I think you might have to do another shot. I didn't say anything. Like Dak Prescott, number 46. I think you were intimating. I didn't say it was good or you bad. Were, you were intimating <laughs> that it was definitely not consistent with Zachary, with uh, Roethlisberger, Fitzpatrick, or Wentz. All right. Fine. I think, I, th- I think, was it, I think, was it, uh, well, well, Minka Fitzpatrick, but wasn't. He fit- was off the list. Yeah, he was off. The- and that's disrespectful as well. That's some BS right there. Fitzpatrick had a great season. Surprised last they didn't year put Ed Reed on the list. Coming over. In case he comes back to play. Uh, you want some? I'll I'm, take I'm, a very, very small one. All right. One. All right. We'll, be, we'll never make Where, it, to, we'll never make it to the end of the show. I might still not make it to the, <laughs> to end, the, of the end of the show. If I go silent, if you, it's just radio silence for me on one side and just you, Ben, asking. I'll just be talking <laughs> and opining my thoughts about Dak Prescott. Yeah, you'll sound like Deion like Sanders. Exactly. No research, just talk. All right. Let's All right. do it. Cheers. These are small shots, by the to way. To Dak they're, they're Prescott. Not, very our, small. Our full glass you know there's actually large shot glasses i mean these are these are quite large oh yeah so these they're, are they're, little mini uh, uh mason shot yeah, glasses which yeah. i which are very kitschy <laughs> allegedly allegedly very in right now they're uh, they're 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 really cute Ben. where did yes. you get these did you get these from ikea uh, i think i got them from i'm sure sonya probably world got them market. not you oh, oh yeah market. these look very world market yeah, yeah exactly mm. My hope is that uh, we can finish the rest of that peach bottle off so it would never have to look at it again. Forgive me, liver. Forgive me, liver. I have sinned. Uh, coming in at 15, Janu Smith of the Tennessee Titans. I mean, he is a, a decent tight end with a, mm-hmm. a high potential to get better in the coming seasons. Yep. I, I actually like Janu Smith. Do you really? I do. Uh, I don't this this gentleman, Gerald uh, Gerald Gerald Gerald, Gerald Dante Dante <laughs> Hightower uh, G- Gerald Everett Dante Higtower. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm Norwegian. I just yeah. don't know it. Uh, Dante Higtower. <laughs> Do you want to piss a pee? <laughs> you want some canned herring? <laughs> Gerald Everett of the L.A. Rams. Uh, I just that offense just couldn't get anything going yeah, last no, year. So he was he was he was one of the you know I'd say the bright spots yeah. in that the whole offense. I mean, he, he, like you said, he he's also has some potential to be one of the I want to say top three, but above the fourteen yeah, mark for sure, for sure. And at least this reminds me that the the Steelers do have a tight end. Yeah. In, I mean, uh, you have to look at the and Eric Ebron. They do actually have yeah. a tight end on their roster, so he's not a top fifteen. I don't think. I don't think so. No, uh, you got to use him in yeah. order for him to be on the list. Well, with Roethlisberger coming yeah. back. He loved Heath Miller, so I'm hoping that he makes similar use of Eric Ebron, although I don't think Ebron is quite the blocker that Heath Miller was. Uh, next up, we have Kyle Rudolph. I feel like he's been in the league since I was a kid. Seriously, He's man. been around for he's a long around. time. Yeah. But 
I mean, he's obviously he's getting older now, but early in his career, he definitely was one of the top tight ends in the league. Um, but that's what age does to you in the NFL. But he's still, you know, he's he's a solid target there in uh, Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, and he's you know he's been re- he's been reliable and steady throughout his career. Not a lot of injuries. Uh, coming up, twelve, Evan Ingram from your My New dear. York Giants. Don't insult me. He gets like hurt. That, ben. He gets hurt a lot. Uh, he's had a lot of injuries over his very, very short career, but I think he has potential if they had a quarterback and a decent offensive system. I mm-hmm. think Ingram could be a solid tight end. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, he's been around for just a bit, and like you said, when he's healthy, he's good. Next up, Austin Hooper from the Cleveland Browns, one of the highest-paid tight ends in the league. Which I think is the, surprising. Yeah, well, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise anyone yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> that the Cleveland Browns have overpaid a player they at a position on their team. Just and, a little bit. Yeah. If you want to make extra money on a team that sucks and not have any expectations of your career, please <laughs> go to the Cleveland Browns. Clowny. Uh, yeah, he'll probably end up somewhere like that. Uh, number 10, Tyler Higby of the L.A. Rams. Mm. I don't know how you have yeah. two tight ends for yeah. the Rams on this list. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Number nine, Jared Cook of the New Orleans Saints, who I actually like. Yeah, actually, Jared Cook, is, well, he, has, he has, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the league throwing him the ball. Ben, you don't agree with me, but, you know. Um, I don't agree with you. Well, Drew Brees also made uh, uh, Graham look, look like one of the, you know, studs, uh, stud tight ends in the NFL for quite a while there. Then he went to... Uh, Seattle, where he was, uh, he performed terrible. very poorly. He was terrible. Let's just be, uh, yeah, let's he, be he was, blunt. Yeah, he was exactly. terrible. He was terrible. He's not even a good blocker. Um, but when he was in, uh, when he was in in Saint, uh, Saint Louis, when he, when he Green was Bank? in New Orleans, no, in New Orleans, I mean, he was he was definitely one of the top uh, tight ends. But yeah, he's he's definitely. I mean, you take the quarterback away from him, he's not the same kind of yeah, player. Yeah, he looks small now by yeah. comparison. Uh, number eight, Hunter Henry, another in the top three or four paid tight ends in the league. I actually like no, Hunter, Hunter Henry. Good. Hunter Henry, he actually might deserve to be a little bit higher than number eight. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I, agree. I mean, they, they, if they can really get it together. Uh, no, 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 let's go a little bit higher here. Scroll up, scroll up, scroll up, scroll up. Scroll up more. Scroll up more. Okay, Zach Ertz. What? 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 At number seven. Zach Ertz coming in at number seven. Because I saw Jason Witten right there. I thought they were going to rate Jason Witten No, they're Witten not going to rate Jason I was, Witten. I was shocked. That's why I said scroll up. Is, is this for real? Are they really going to rate Jason Witten this high? Not pro football But focus. Zach Ertz at number seven? That is disrespectful. That is, that is disgust. I mean, come on, man. I mean, the guy, <laughs> he should be number three. Right behind. But that's why I wanted right to go over this Kelsey, list. Kelsey. Right behind wait till you Kittle. see what's coming up next. It should be Zach Ertz at number three. This is some BS. He's not the greatest blocker, but the dude has some really good hands. It says and, many would rank Ertz uh, as as a high as high as third. I would on this list. So PFF will start out this by explaining a little bit where they come from. Primarily, he isn't nearly as dynamic as some of the other guys with yeah, the ball yeah. in his hands. No, he, he's... he's, he's no. Fewest yards after catch per reception since 2016. True, true. He comes in at 25, uh, right behind Antonio Gates with yards after catch. Let me let me, let me just look up Ertz's stats right here. Well, you know, yards no, he, after he, catch, he, yards he after catch. He doesn't got the yak. He doesn't have the yak. You can't be but, a Marvin Harrison, Jerry Rice, you know, <laughs> catch the ball and fall down when you're a tight end. you got to run through the tackle. Yeah, I know, and and he gets ripped for that sort of thing every season. He's not the greatest blocker, the but he's got some great hands. He didn't drag 
three defenders into the end zone like George Kittle did last year. Hang on, I'm pulling up right now. Okay, here we are. All right. So, yeah, 916 yards this season. 1,163 yards last, or the season before, 824, 816, 853, 702, and 469 his rookie season. He's been in the league that many but, years? I mean, Jesus, yes, in 2013. Actually, I, I, I didn't re- even realize that he's been in the league for that long. But he's so he's at the up. top. Of, he's at the pinnacle of his ability right he now. He has racked up some great numbers, and they're going to rank him rank him at number seven. That is, I'm 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 st- I'm I'm out of here. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm <laughs> leaving. But wait till you see who's coming in at number six. Dallas no, I- Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles coming in at number six. The best tight end on the Eagles uh, roster heading into 2020 God. is not this Zach Ertz. So stupid. Why, Despite why the receiving totals. Pointing pretty clearly to Ertz being the better player in Philly, it's actually Goddard who graded out as the better receiver in 2019. Goddard's size and athleticism make him dangerous Except in one-on-one cops, situation. Cops up the ball, Goddard can block as well. In and fact, fumble. he joins Kittle as just one of two tight ends to top PFF's receiving and run blocking grades at the tight end position this past season. An 81.4 percent or 81.4 run blocking grade over the last two seasons comes in at second among tight ends behind only Max Williams. Dude, you know. The statistics you look will at the, tell you, but you look at the stats. I mean, Zach Ertz was he already, just doesn't get thrown to as much. You Ertz was uh, that is true as well. But I mean, Ertz was ahead of where uh, Dallas Goddard is early on in his career. Three hundred thirty-four yards his rookie season, six oh seven last season. Uh, you know, he does have nine touchdowns, four and five in eighteen and nineteen. But still, I think Dallas got. I think Dallas Goddard is a better blocker than Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz has never been the greatest blocker. But if you look at their hands, you look at what they do. Maybe not the yak, but the ability to hold onto the ball, just to hold onto it. I don't care if you get the yak because every time a, 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 any sort of player, whether it's, it's a tight end or a wide receiver, you know, tries to break off for more yardage, I'm always worried that they're going to drop the ball. Zach Ertz is much smarter with the football. Once he gets it, once he catches it, he's not the fastest he's guy. He's looking for the dirt. Yeah, he looks for the dirt, but he looks for, I mean, what he did in the Super Bowl uh, on that last drive uh, where it was like uh, it was fourth and one, I believe. And he reached out the ball and he didn't try to go for more yards. He just reached out the ball. He knew exactly where he was. He's just a smart player and he should definitely be above Dallas Goddard. All right. Come well, on. I mean, well, I mean, are you, are you complaining that you have the seventh and sixth tight tight end ranked? Well, I mean, no, Dallas, I mean, Goddard, Dallas Goddard should probably be number seven, but Zach Ertz should probably be number three. Oh, well, should we shall see. Coming in at number five. Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens. I, I mean, I think Andrews is a solid, mm-hmm. solid tight end for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. And he's got Lamar Jackson throwing him the ball. Uh, coming in at number four, Darren Waller of the Las Vegas Raiders. Waller is an exciting player. If he had a better quarterback throwing the ball to him, yeah, true. Maybe he could really be, he could be, you know, right behind Kelsey. But on I, his I list. disagree with this completely. This list is, is I mean, what, what, with Ertz at number seven, I just, that's why I wanted to go over this, this, these tight end whatsoever. rankings. Uh, but Waller is a really, really solid player. I think he's only coming into his third year in a league, I think. Uh, coming in at number three, Rob Gronkowski. Out of the league for a full yeah, yeah. season, a shell of himself the season before that, but still coming in at number three, Gronk coming in. I mean, I, I who knows? You know, what, what do you... What are you gonna? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we just you don't know, know how you don't know how good he's gonna be. We just don't know. Yeah, I mean, we we know the type of tight end that he could be. 
He's gotten to shape recently. He's still um, only 31. He's, Kelsey he's just signed a contract yeah. at 31. He's still fairly young. I mean, he's, he's had an amazing career, and he's one of those tight ends. I mean, he's one of the best tight ends ever in the league with what he's accomplished, what he's been able to do. Uh, but I still don't agree with him. You know, it's too high. Uh, yeah, third you know, a season out of the league. I mean, I, I would, I would, I would definitely have yeah. Rob Gronkowski a little bit lower on this list. When you see these other names on here for guys that have actually, you know, played more recently, I don't think it's fair to those guys below him. And this is, I mean, this is the fear that I have for George Kittle. I mean, thirty-one years old, already retired because his body was too beat up. Kelsey just signed a five-year extension or four-year extension mm-hmm. at the same age that is a year behind where. Gronkowski or a year ahead of where Gronkowski retired. I'm hot. I'm like, I'm, it, I'm, it, I'm, I'm heated right you now. You should be heated. Like, I'm pissed. You should be I'm heated. I'm not very happy right now. Well, you know who number two and number one are, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Travis I mean, Kelsey and, and, at number two and you know, Kittle I, at I would actually one. put Travis Kelsey at number one and Kittle at number two. Uh, you know, if it was my oh, ranking. Here's that play, but kick, I mean, to play in, against San Francisco. Oh, no, I mean, he's, he's, he's amazing. I mean, you know, yards after catch for, you know, a tight end, that's what you expect. Um, but, you know, George Kittle, I would still put him at number two. He, he, He's almost there with Kelsey, but not quite. Yeah, and it's and it's can he continue mm-hmm. to do this year after year after year at with taking this kind of beating, which is what Gronkowski did for the majority of his career, and eventually it led him into retirement. And but for Tampa Bay acquiring Tom Brady, signing Tom Brady, he would probably still be retired. So Kelsey's a smarter player. Ertz is a smarter player. Uh, you know, you see what they did last year with Kittle, but can he continue to take this kind of beating yeah. week after week after week? Yeah, and, and sorry for my voice to get that high pitch, but when I get uh, very pissed off, my my voice for some reason yeah, but you goes have, up a notch. But you have two of the top ten tight ends in 15, the league. Two of the top fifteen, but oh, well, two they, of the top they're 10, in the top yeah, ten, top, 10, top 10, seven but, for crying out loud. I, I, I think Dallas you Goddard the, still you didn't has see the Steelers to prove, with a tight end on Dallas this list. Goddard still has to prove a little bit more. You know, I, I, he's good, but he's not ahead of. Hurts right now. Yeah, that's true. And when you go out to the bars, just protect yourself at all times. <laughs> you know, keep your head out of the way of other people's fists for crying out loud, Mr. Goddard. Uh, all right, Franny. Uh, that's it for the NFL news. We got a couple other lists. We'll go through them. Yeah, uh, and that is a very. We, I, mean, that's that, I mean, I, I really expect that to be Kelsey, uh, Kittle, Ertz, top three. I, you know, I, I. I wouldn't do it any other way. But the statistics don't lie. The eye, they are obviously the eye lying may the, lie, but the, the statistics stats, don't lie. Yeah, but the stats for Ertz are good. Uh, it, some of the stats are good. <laughs> other of the stats are not quite okay, as yards, good. Yards after catch is not as impressive as those two other guys, but whatever. Yeah, but that was one of the not. I mean, that's one of the things that you know, you know, Marvin Harrison didn't do a lot of that. Jerry Rice didn't do a lot of that. Uh, there's other tight ends out there that that you know you need to at least value you know getting moving your team down the field and getting yourself in a scoring position as much as simply you know maintaining possession of the ball and moving you know moving the chains so there is a value in that yeah, i know all right Friday, what's Whatever. next up on the big board next up on the big board ben is a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there all right folks all right all, all, right. all, all, all right. right folks all right put a shrimp on the bobby <laughs> uh, to all of our new listeners Thank you to all of our loyal listeners. Thank you. Uh, everyone that's been with us for a long time. We truly, truly appreciate your loyalty and sticking with us week after week after week. We love all of you. And to our new listeners, please, please, please 
stick with us. We totally appreciate everything that you do in listening to our show in your car while you're mowing the lawn, while you're walking the dog. Whenever you listen, please, please keep listening and send us an email at podcastthirstandgoal at gmail.com with any feedback that you have. Since 2018, we have been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. And since you're listening tonight, tomorrow, during the week, whenever you queue up this podcast into your podcatcher, please consider heading over to our website at thirstandgoal.buzzsprout.com or search Thirstandgoal Podcast on the web and subscribe, rate, and review our show. Please punch down that rating button, especially on Apple iTunes. How many stars do we want, Franny? Five stars, Ben. Five stars. Thank you all. We're rated five stars right now, so keep it coming. Yes, keep those reviews coming. We truly, truly appreciate it, and we'll give you a little homework as the kids go back to school, some remotely, some (laughs) in person, Uh, but please, a little bit of a homework assignment this week for you. Just tell one friend, a relative, a coworker, a stranger, someone that you see at the grocery store, on the bus, anywhere you're out and about, tell them about our podcast. Get our podcatcher or get their podcatcher and put our podcast in their podcatcher and say, please, please, please give this show a listen. We truly, truly appreciate it. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have one of our fellow podcasters out there. Well, actually a promo for one of our fellow podcasters out there. I'm not sure exactly who it is, though, Ben. Uh, It's one of our best friends of thirst and goal podcast uh they played a promo for us on their show this week this is the new york jets fans podcast we played a promo for them many times these guys are awesome and we'll be right back with a promo for the new york jets fans podcast check out ny jets fans podcast for all your weekly jets and nfl news game previews and reviews for all jets games Join hosts Davin, Sharman, and Chris weekly for all things Jets, NFL, and some laughs also. Find us everywhere you get your podcasts. NY Jets Fans Podcast, where Jets and NFL fans come for all things football. All right, folks, that is the New York Jets Fans Podcast. This is an awesome podcast out of New York City. Host Davin, Chris, and Charmin talk about all things New York Jets, as well about the NFL news in general. These guys are knowledgeable fun and they don't hold back their opinions even through a tough year like this one that the jets had last year year and and what appears to be every year for the how could you have i mean if you can remain positive about sam darnold and adam gase what more can you say sam darnold yes adam gase no and Le'Veon bell i mean it's it, it takes a lot of just faith and just pure pure love of the team to stick with a team like the New York Jets. And I, you know, and I'm a little bit of a New York Jets homer myself. Uh, you can get a link to their Apple podcast and podcast page by looking at the show notes and you can get them on Twitter at Jets fans podcast. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben is our tag team news, our thirst and goal news, Ben, your Steelers, my Eagles and Sonya's. Seahawks. All right, folks, we'll be right back with our tag team news. All right, and we are back with our tag team news. But first up, Ben, should we crack open one of the beers? From your childhood. Yes. So we're going back. I mean, folks that have listened to the show for a long time know that we've been cracking open beers from my youth over the course of this summer, uh, knowing that we can't go on vacation. We can't really do anything 
fun per se. Uh, so I'm trying to relive my childhood when I did actually have fun. Yeah, when you were 12. <laughs> well, yeah, between the ages of like 15 and 20. <laughs> maybe maybe childhood is not the correct term uh, to early, use. Early <laughs> adolescence. Yeah, there you are. I think that's probably better. Very early <laughs> ad- very early adolescence. Uh, so we did a Bud, we did a Miller, we did a uh, Pabst, we did a Foster's. Coors. We did a Coors. Uh, uh, I may be leaving one out there. Yeah, we've done a, quite a few. I mean, it's, 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 it's those common sorts of beers that are very easy to purchase, you know, nationwide here in the U.S. Um, but it's, it's something I've never really experienced, you know, cause I, you know, just growing up, it was, it was like, you know, the Heineken's Amstel Light, that sort of yeah. thing, blah, blah, blah. Of course. Uh, but you're I, from you know, Southern just California. Like, just yeah. like just the Coors and, and the Millers below and all you. that stuff. I mean, not, the, below, not below me. Too it's just that, too, I mean, I mean, when you were common, growing up, when you too were, much of a common people well, the, the, type <laughs> of drink for you. No, but when you were growing up then, I mean, maybe some of those things were not as available as they are now. Right. I mean, a few years. Oh, Heineken was a, was a, was a treasure when yeah. I was a kid. <laughs> a tr- well, it was hard to get. I mean, it was expensive. Was it? it was, was expensive. It? Yeah, maybe, maybe, you're making 325 an hour, you know, yeah, you yeah. can't be going out and buying Heinekens. That's true. That's true. Uh, but, you know, when, when, when I was that age, when you were, you know, getting the Millers and the Heineken, not the Heinekens, but the Millers and the Coors and running off into the woods with your, uh, uh, what was it? Plexiglass, uh, 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 or bottles or whatever. You said like one of them came in a plexiglass sort of. Oh, the beer balls. Oh, was it the beer balls? Yeah, 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 yeah the beer yeah, balls. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that's kind of interesting to me. Uh, but I mean, I, I didn't really experience those. I never really tried them. I mean, they're not considered to be very good beers. So you kind of stray away from those sorts of things. So tonight you have the Genesee, which we've talked about for quite a few weeks now. And it's not the Genesee green label. That, not the, the cream not ale. Not the American cream ale, uh, which is, which you know uh inspired our most recent beer uh from last week that we actually brewed and we're still waiting for that to ferment next week we should you know most likely bottle that beer but what version of genesee is this tonight this is the regular genesee beer just a lager Mm -hmm. this is from the genesee brewing company in beautiful rochester new york this was a staple in upstate new york Genesee beer, Genesee cream ale. Even to this day, I was, I was shocked that I was able to find this today at one total wine in Los Angeles. They had three cans left, three of the 24 ounce or it looks like about 24 ounce can of Genesee. And to this day, $1.49 for this. That just shows the quality. Of this yeah, beer, for that when you can sell ounce. this tall ass can for a dollar forty nine. But this is this was definitely. I mean, if you were over sixty years old and you came into the beer store where I worked, when I was between the ages of fifteen and say sixteen, seventeen, uh, you know, you had a you had a, a six pack or a case of Genesee or Genesee Cream Ale. So I'm going to crack this right. beer open. I have not had this probably I- in. Probably in 35 years. I, I've never even heard of Genesee until like maybe a few ah, weeks back. There's the when sound of it. you know we we pulled up some of these beers from your youth. But this band. is this was a classic. This is I, I was shocked to learn that they still make it uh, in upstate New York and Rochester. I was shocked to learn that. So you know because it was not a 
particularly great beer, at least back then. And I'm shocked that it was, that it made its way out to Woodland Hills, California, somehow, some way. Uh, but there were cans of it and I'm going to look for the cream ale. They do stock the cream ale at the Topanga. Oh. Uh, total wine. So it's just a matter of what finding about the out. Northridge? I, maybe they I don't have it. No, they don't have it, huh? So I have to wait until that cream ale comes in. But I want Frane to take the first taste. All right. Of this Genesee. Well, it's definitely it's it's got it's got some head. I mean, it poured really nicely. Uh, it's a nice uh, light gold color. Um, it's skunky. I mean, it is. There's a lot of skunk in this one. Uh, oh, that's good. It, it, yeah. That smells good. That I'm, smells I'm, like I'm, that smells like my yeah. early adolescence, which is more childhood than early <laughs> adolescence, but my barely puberty days. Well, cheers to you, Ben. Here we go. Clank against your can. I got the glass right here. Well, oh, that's good. It's actually that is a refreshing. Yeah, yeah. It's actually longer, and it's not. At, like I expected a lot more dankness, a more skunkiness to the beer, a little more sourness. Bro, bro, bro. bro. Uh, no, but it's actually it's actually very refreshing. I mean, you could throw back. I mean, I see why this is dollar forty nine because you can buy six of these things and you probably wouldn't even feel it because it is so easy to drink. It goes down so easily compared to. I mean, well, all the other ones. And it's too. almost it's four and a half percent alcohol for something I've never heard of. Um, it is actually. It is, I don't, you know, it's not, it's not popular here on the West Coast. Maybe on the East Coast it is, but no, on the West Coast, in, Genesee. In the, in the Northeast. Yeah, I mean, well, Gen- Genesee. In the, in New York and Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm sure if you ask a lot of people out here if they've ever had Genesee, most most likely they have not had Genesee. Uh, but, Ben, thank you for bringing this to my attention. And uh, well, it is. On our Thurston Goal rating scale of zero to uh-huh. 10, what would you give it? Compare, it's better than Miller, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is why I, I was always shocked it never took off because it's better than Miller. It's probably better than Bud. I mean, it's, actually, it's, it's extremely light, though. I mean, there's not a lot of flavor there, but it just you goes, get a it weedy, goes you get down. A little weediness. Yeah, but it, it is. But it goes down so easily. It has that refreshing uh, uh, sort of not. not I want to say crispness. It's, it's just it's 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 very wet. You know, there's no dryness whatsoever. Um, it, it, it 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 what's the whistle then? And um, it is. And look at the label. Yeah. Oh, just it's it's basically a white can, and it says Genesee. Yeah, thank you for the fireworks, folks. If you heard that, uh, but I, I would say this is probably about a six. It's a six because Ooh, I mean that's not, higher not, than I would have expected. From not you. a not a ton of flavor, but is enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, and I was I'm, yeah. I can't wait to find the cream ale mm-hmm. as well. But I am pleasantly surprised. This is a beer that probably should have taken off, considering maybe not the right marketing. You know, it's better than Coors, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, the Coors and the Miller. Yeah, I don't know why those things are so popular. Um, but this definitely is, is a very easy, I mean, this, this is your lawnmower beer right here. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, when it, especially when it's 100 degrees outside, mowing the lawn, you want something, uh, easy, refreshing. Uh, I'm sure the alcohol content is probably four and a half percent, not much. Four and a half. Uh, it, it's, 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 it, it does its job. I'm glad I bought all yeah. three that yeah. were on the shelf. <laughs> you know, actually, there's I, probably a guy from I, New York I, actually, over there right now yeah, looking for well, it. Yeah. Actually, I, I bought. I just had one in my hand, and then I looked at the price, and I was like, "Why not?" I mean, it's a dollar. No, it's a dollar fifty. Bro, on the website, it said there was mm. Genesee B over here. It said limited quantities available. <laughs> it did. It said limited quantities. As you're available. walking out of the store with the last three remaining, <laughs> they're probably Genesees. trying to sell them out. Yeah. You could probably sell it on the street for a little bit more, Ben. Yeah, my fellow New Yorkers. <laughs> All right, Friday. We're going to talk right. a little bit about yeah, that. We'll get there. <clears throat> Excuse me. The tag team news. Thirst and uh, goal news. So this week we're going to go and, uh, you know, the season is only 
about three weeks away. Opening day is coming up on what I, be- I believe it's September 10th is the first game or the first week that we'll have games uh, of the season. So we just wanted to go through our tag teams, our additions, our subtractions, our strategies for the season. Uh, and thank you to Pro Football Focus. They have some really good information about this. The story, we'll start with the Philadelphia Eagles. The story of the Philadelphia Eagles, the recent teams, has been consistent strength in the trenches, but their annual fate has been decided by what happens with their passing attack. The 2017 Super Bowl team had the best top eight PFF grades at quarterback, receiver, and in coverage, and that's the championship formula. Philadelphia had a clear offseason goal of adding athleticism all over their roster, a strategy that was evident throughout their free agent signings and, most notably, their draft picks. They also added a plethora of versatile hybrid players to the defensive side of the ball, and they have more flexibility in the back seven in an attempt to improve a coverage unit that ranked just 23rd last season. 23rd seems generous. Seems generous, yeah. Last season's injuries are behind them and a thing of the past, and the Eagles have a nucleus to (laughs) to compete for the NFC title once again. Uh, So you want to go through the additions and subtractions? Um. I mean, do, do we really, I mean, I, I mean, basically, I mean, the article does you know cover the offseason very well. I mean, yeah. in the draft, they they did get a lot of versatile players that could play multiple positions. I mean, even the you know the wide receivers, all of them are speedsters. Even you know the defensive backs that they picked up, all speedsters that could play either safety, they could play cornerback, they could play multiple positions. And it seems like that's what they went after this entire offseason because that's where they need the most help. I mean, the wide receiver position. I mean, they were decimated last year. Uh, everybody got injured multiple times throughout the season we were down to guys on the street at what what, what at the wawa at, <laughs> at the, the wawa, wawa. they were yeah. just picking up guys they at, were the hanging wawa, out at the wawa you know trying to get guys to play wide receiver because they had absolutely nobody left i mean greg ward made a name for himself because yep. there was nobody left and a to big play. name for himself a big name for himself uh, but i mean the draft they definitely went after those guys that were speedsters that could play multiple positions and 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 that's exactly what the article says and it's 100% true. Yeah, I mean, thank you. I mean, you did add Javon Hargrave from my Steelers. Thank you so much that was a for great, that. That was a great signing. You know, and not even, you know, I mean, 39 million, three, three year deal, pretty heavy. But, you know, I also picked up Darius Slay via trade with the Lions, Jalen Mills. Uh, you, I mean, I think that was a pretty good signing. Nate Sudfeld, they brought him back. Uh, you did lose Jason Peters, Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar, big loss for you guys. Are you sad to see Nelson Aguilar go? Yeah, no. Uh, Jordan Howard, Vinny Curry, which, and he might be coming back. Uh, Vitae, you lost Vitae, Jenkins, and Bradham. Uh, so, I mean, you did, I think, all things considered, I think that's a pretty good. Would the Jason Peters come back, though? Uh, I, I mean, I heard, I heard talk about it. Uh, I didn't really follow up on it too much. Not as far um, as I know, but I could be wrong there. Did he come back? Let me check. You know, um, I didn't think so. I, I thought he did. I could be wrong. I, I could be 100% wrong. I mean, you're set up at the running back position with Sanders. I mean, I, 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 Boston Scott and Sanders in the backfield. Yeah, Scott Corey Clement. Yeah, Corey uh, Clement was also a good. Um, it was nice that we, we were able to bring him back. Uh, when he's healthy, he's definitely, uh, he, he can. he's a difference maker. I mean, we saw it in the Super Bowl. I mean, you look good with Jalen Rieger, your draft pick coming in. Deshaun Jackson is back. Jeffrey is back. Or Alshon Jeffrey. J.J. Arcega. Whiteside. Yeah, whatever. Big bust at the tight end. Obviously, got Zach Ertz in Dallas Goddard. The offensive Number line. six and seven. The offensive line is tight as it usually is. 
Uh, yeah, but losing Brandon Brooks, that's huge. Yeah, yeah I mean, but that was an know. injury, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that's 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 me pretty tough to overcome his De- loss. Yeah, defensive line still looks good. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. I mean, you know, the, Derek Barnett coming back too. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I, I like Derek Barnett. I like what it brings to the team. I mean, it's it's going to be a solid, solid team mm. going in mm. to this season. Uh, next up, we'll go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look at that. Who's on the cover? But oh, Big Ben. He's not top 100. Big Ben he's in the not backyard. not top 100, Ben. Well, because Backyard <laughs> Ball doesn't get you in the top 100. Tom Brady's TB12 commercials. And <laughs> here, I'll, let me show you how to recover. We have these uh, this supplement that will help you recover from your stretchy workout. Yeah. We need the BR7. That, we need the BR7 yeah. Genesee all day, all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's better than TB12. Uh, your long day of stretching. Here, have some... Uh, have some, some Amino acids to help you recover. I'm Tom Brady. This is $1,200. Sleep in a cryogenic chamber. Oh, freaking Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, the story of the Steelers' 2019 season was obviously centered around quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, where he was limited to just one game. The offense offense clearly wasn't the same with Mason Rudolph <laughs> and Duck Hodges at the helm. Who Ben went out and bought a jersey for. <laughs> yeah, Well, I mean, I had hope. First week. I am forever positive. First week he, he started. Had a, he had a good game. I don't know how you got it here so quickly, Ben. I mean, <laughs> yeah. did you get like expedited like I did. service right I did. now? I did. Oh, I did. I paid for the FedEx, whatever it was, next two day, day. Yeah. Next day, shipping. I think I think Duck Hodges actually delivered the jersey to you. <laughs> he probably should have. Uh, Duck Hodges at the helm, but on a positive note, the Steelers' defense rallied and put up its best season performance in a long, long time. From a stout defensive line to effective pass rushers to a playmaking secondary, the Steelers' defense dragged the team to an impressive 8-8 eight eight record given Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Almost uh, a playoff appearance. Yeah, almost. I mean, we were very one. If only it was loss. seven teams this year, yeah. you would have been in. Uh, Roethlisberger's back in the mix. And watch out. And the pass game will be better through duplicating last year's defensive performance will be difficult. Uh, just some additions. I mean, we were able to sign Bud Dupree on the franchise tag. Uh, Derek Watt, that's a nothing signing. That's a fullback. Uh, we did bring in a guard to help us out on the offensive line, given some injuries there. Uh, Stefan Wisniewski. Uh, Eric Ebron, we brought a tight end in over from Detroit, two years, $12 million deal. Uh, but we did lose, as we mentioned earlier, Javon Hargrave went off to the, your Philadelphia yeah, Eagles. You got Wisniewski. Yeah. And, you know, not, not the exact same position, but a former Eagle. Yeah. But he's, you know, and he's older, but you know, yeah, I'll take uh, it. Whatever. Uh, Artie Burns off to maligned Artie Burns, quarterback for the Steelers. The Steelers fans won't be sad to see him go. Uh, Mark Barron was cut. Sean Davis, uh, safety never really, you know, performed the way that we had hoped he, he would. And, uh, Anthony Ciccolo, backup linebacker gone. Uh, the running back position, we still have, uh, we still have James Conner, Benny Snell, uh, and Anthony McFarland Jr., our draft pick. So we look pretty good at the running back position. I, Think mm-hmm. if James Conner could stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think we didn't see enough out of Benny Snell last year, and we certainly didn't see yeah, Benny, uh, Benny enough Snell out of Jalen Samuels. Did not impress last year either. So if if James Conner doesn't stay healthy, we're, well, I think it's important. I mean, for obviously Roethlisberger to stay healthy this, this season, but for Juju to return um, to the same dynamic player that he was the season before, because last year he was not very good, and that, that could be the fact that he had two terrible quarterbacks, but. Uh, I want I want to see Juju Smith Schuster do a little more this year than last year for sure. Oh, for it sure, was very I mean, disappointing. Yeah, I mean it's going to be. I mean he he will have weapons, so he is going to have Juju out there. He is going to have James Washington out there. He is going to have Deontay Johnson out there. 
and he is going to have rookie Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame. You know who he won't out have there? there? He won't have Antonio Brown yeah. until week nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you? How would you feel, though, Ben? I know we talk about this all the time on the podcast, but I'm looking at that Jim Beam Pete right here. How would you uh, feel about Antonio Brown I hate him. making a return? I have not hated a, a pl- an active player. <laughs> An active player. I mean, I, I, I think a, Richard Sherman is is, yeah, is up there. He's up yeah, there. Yeah. I dislike a lot of players after they retire and they go on TV like you know Ladanian Tomlinson and they just spout off a bunch of nonsense and get paid almost as much money as they did when they were playing to just spout nonsense or Deion Sanders, uh, guys that aren't really working I, hard. I, I, I prefer Ladanian over over Dion. Yeah, I mean, I'll take uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, although I don't I always like agree him. with him. Well, I like At him. least he, you know, he has some. He has no neck. He prepares for his appearance on television. <laughs> he doesn't actually just go and say, you know, locker room, blah, blah, blah. Guys got to support each other, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I dislike Antonio Brown as an active player as much as I dislike any player in the league. You don't say. Uh, he, we had, you know, one of the, the best, if not the best wide receiver in the league. And he let pride and selfishness and respect or disrespect, whatever the case may be, get in between himself and the team and winning, uh, created bad relationships with the front office, bad relationships with his teammates, bad relationships with, you know, contractors, painters, uh, <laughs> moving people, his ex-wife, ex-wife, yeah. you know, he, he yelling at her he did in everything front of he, he, his he, children, John Gruden, who will put Oh, John Gruden, who this week said that Marcus Mariota, that Marcus Mariota is an exciting, you know, exciting quarterback who has really, really high potential. I mean, John Gruden likes everyone. He <laughs> likes any receiver, any quarterback. If you're any good and you could put together one good performance, John Gruden will love you. And even he couldn't, you know, deal with John Gruden. That was too much. Uh, a little shot here. Yeah, a little shot there, Ben. You said uh, a couple of negative things about Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. That was also part of the drinking game agreement. Not not only if you say anything negative about any team in your division, but Antonio Brown. And this has been an ongoing thing for about 30 weeks now. Well, it's probably. just such a wasted career. Yeah, well, not, Sammy not Watkins. Wasted. He didn't waste his career. He's, he's had an amazing career. Yeah, Sammy Watkins called Antonio Brown. Uh, but that being said, Given this is a win-now league, mm-hmm. and I know I haven't said this in the past, but now that, I mean, it's a win-now league, we have one, maybe two more years with Ben Roethlisberger. We have one, maybe two more years with that offensive line that we've got without having to make significant changes or contract signings on that offensive line. So if Antonio Brown would like to come back and play in week nine for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin, oh. I, I, it wouldn't... It, depending on how we're doing at that point, it wouldn't break my heart if there was a possibility of him playing half a season on a one-year deal with the Steelers. Oh, damn, Ben. I'm surprised that that's coming out of your mouth and right And that's now only because... all of the negativity that we've heard for so many weeks, how much you hate and, and this I still guy. Hate him. And I still hate him. But it's only Wait, because... Do you, have a, do you have a Brown jersey? No. God, oh, no. man. No, We're no, going to no, have to no, get no. Antonio Brown. I'm going to have to get it signed by Antonio Brown. Uh, you, you got 10 grand? Because that's what that's what is. Well, it's probably going to cost you a few hundred dollars at least. Uh, but it's only because of the Kansas City yeah, Chiefs <laughs> and the changes that Kansas City has made on that team and the improvements they've made as well as the signing of Cam Newton in New England. That's the only reason I would even consider it. I do not think that the Baltimore Ravens are a threat. I do not believe 
that the Chargers are a threat, and I do not believe well, of course the Chargers are. There might be, but or the, and I do not believe the, that the Colts are a threat. You don't think Baltimore is a threat? I do in your not division? think that, I don't, I, in the division. With yes, Lam- yeah. In the playoffs, I just do not see Baltimore as a significant wow. hurdle. Wow. to get you're into worse the Super than Bowl. I am. They have the coaching, but they do not have the players and the discipline on offense on that team to get over the hump. But with Kansas oh. City, with Andy Reid, with Bill Belichick. And Cam Newton and the stable of running backs that they have on that team. And they brought Lamar Miller in mm-hmm. uh, this week or last week as well. That would be the only reason that I would consider it because I think we're going to need that kind of offensive firepower to overcome a team like Kansas City. Antonio Brown. Yeah. I Come mean, back. Just for one season for eight games <laughs> in the playoffs. And if he doesn't make it through, you just cut him and you move on. That was interesting. That was that was a good segment right there, uh, man. Yeah, you know what really grinds my gears? Antonio Brown. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got we do have tight ends on the team. We have Eric Ebron <laughs> and Vance McDonald. Very, very dis- disappointing. Uh, you Vance McDonald you coming back. Those guys in order for him to be effective. Uh, but yeah, but our offensive line again, you know, we have you know, Alejandro Villanueva is coming back. Matt Filer's coming back. Ramon Foster's coming back. We got Stefan Wisniewski. I can't pronounce his name. Wisniewski. Wisniewski. Uh, signing in the offseason. Marquise Pouncey, one of the best centers in the league. And we have rookie Kevin Dotson. So I'm, I'm confident of our, uh, you know, of our offensive line, the defensive line, as well as the secondary, I think goes without saying. We have one of, if not the best defense in the AFC. Maybe not in the league, but I think we have one of the, if not the best defense. In the AFC with Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Stefan Tuitt, Bud Dupree. I mean, it's yeah, it's a nice, nice defense. And out there on the corners as well. So I think I think we're lining up pretty well. Yeah, sounds like especially the... if Devin Bush can can shore up that linebacker position and get better next year with Vince Williams getting better again. I think we uh we have a chance. Mm-hmm. Do you disagree? I, I just think the most important thing is Roethlisberger staying healthy yeah. the entire season. That That is the key to this yeah. season. But with Steven Nelson and Mike Hilton out there, uh, you know, in, in the secondary with Terrell Edmonds and Micah Fitzpatrick, I, I, it's a it's a scary defense. Mm-hmm. You want to take on the Seahawks next? Well, let's take a look at the Seahawks. Oh, the Seahawks. I mean, I... But we I, don't have, have Sonia's voice, you know, to, 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 uh, to let us know what her opinion is. Her opinion on is... Yeah, she thinks they suck every single year. No matter what I, we say that's positive, it's going to be, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, the CLC... Sounds are, a lot to me. Yeah, exactly. You, at least I'm positive. You're, the I, one area of my life where I'm positive is about the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, the CLC Hawks <laughs> are looking to take the next step. I don't know what the next step is after going to the Super Bowl twice. The Seattle Seahawks are looking to take the next step after losing early in the playoffs in each of the past two years. And their recent trade for safety, Jamal Adams, suggests they believe in their prospects this season. Russell Wilson at quarterback is a great starting point as he had the highest PFF war wins above replacement last season, which makes him the best quarterback in the league. Sorry, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Last season had taken his game to a new level over the past two years. Defensively, the Seahawks have improved from back-to-back uh, from back to front and getting the secondary back on track may be just what they need to return to the Super Bowl. As is the case for most teams, it'll come down to passing the ball and stopping the pass. And for Seattle fans, the biggest question is if Wilson will be asked to take over the game and let Russ cook more so than he has in the past. But Franny, generally speaking, what say you about the Seahawks? Uh, I mean, I mean, they're just solid. I mean, every single year, you know, it solid, I mean, bro. No, I mean, you know, they make changes every single year, and it seems like they're always the same team. They're always going to the playoffs. I mean, they've made it to the playoffs what the last seven, eight seasons now. You make uh, it sound boring. 
Yeah. <laughs> Cleveland Browns would uh, would love to have that level of boredom. Uh, no, but I'm, I'm saying like there's there's there is uh, you know not too many you know additions or subtractions that really make a huge difference to the team right now. I, I don't I don't see any player right there that really makes them better. Any team that makes or any player that makes them a little bit worse. I, I, there's they're gonna be it's, it's gonna be between them and the Niners this year and the NFC West to see who's gonna come out. I mean, both teams will probably be in the playoffs, um, but they still have a solid squad. But that Jamal Adams train, our trade, was huge. No, of course, of course. I mean, that, I mean, and they traded away two first rounders and a third rounder, so they're clearly putting all their chips in the middle of the table. No, does it does it put them ahead of the Niners though, where the Niners were last year? If the Niners still, I think so. I, I don't know about that because they have so. the edge at quarterback, and it's a quarterback driven league. I mean, their defense. But it that should defense, be good enough. Yeah, but that, that that Niners defense was impressive last it was. year. And there's really there. I mean, I, there was a you know, uh, I think they lost. A, I can't remember his name right now. One of the linebackers there, but I mean, I, you know, their defense is still going to be very solid this year. Um, so you know, I, I it's, it's going to be a, a, a two horse race in the NFC West between these two teams. Um, so you know, with 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 the addition subtractions, doesn't really make much much of a difference in the division. Yeah, all. I mean, they brought in Greg Olson. Yeah, you know, it's not, see, that's 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 he's he's already on his way out. Yeah, Bruce Irvin came back. I think that might be that's a nice sign signing. Bringing Irvin back. I know he's older, but I still think that's a that's a nice signing. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously at the quarterback position, you've got Russell Wilson. Enough said there. Mm-hmm. Best quarterback in the league. At the running back position, this is a little bit scary. Uh with Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, and Rashad Penny. That's a little bit scary, considering that all of their running backs got injured last mm-hmm. year. Uh, Chris Carson hasn't given us any indication that he's injury prone, but that was a pretty big injury he had last year. So that position, given how much they rely on it, could be a problem if these guys can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, wide receiver, I think they're they're as good as anybody in the league. Lockett, Metcalf, Moore, and I can't remember they signed. Uh, and they're going to sign... Uh, what's his name? Josh Gordon, when he is reinstated at the tight end position, I know Franey wishes they had <laughs> Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, but they have Greg Olson, Will Disley, and Jacob Hollister, which I think is a pretty nice group of tight ends. Uh, you know, I know you're not a crazy big fan of Jacob Hollister, but I think he he came he came through when it mattered. No, he didn't. Not no, when it, not when it, not when it, <laughs> Not when it really mattered. The most but up until play, up until up until it I, I up mean, until it really 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 I mean, mattered. Reach, he did reach well. Reach your hand over, you know. The, the, I mean, score a fucking touchdown. It was man. it was a half a yard away. Yeah, I mean, Jesus like Christ, man, just reach your hand over, and you know maybe you're you're a different seed. Um, uh, but I mean, no, that I mean, he, Hollister was actually a huge disappointment in my opinion last year. Um, as far as Greg Olson, Greg Olson's. He's already a little bit older. He does bring a lot of experience to the team, but yeah, the the the, the tight end position for them is is nothing to brag about. Yes, and here we get to the crux of the problem in Seattle: the offensive line, something that Pete Carroll has never valued for never, some reason, never made a concerted effort on any of his teams, even either at USC or in the NFL with New York or with with uh, New England. You know. We'll see how the new offensive line does, but they've, they've, they're ranked, I think, 32nd or 31st overall in the league. So we'll, you know, we'll hope for the best on the O line. Uh, the defensive line is going to have to play better with Clowney gone and, uh, Ziggy Ansah, who didn't play much last year, but unless Clowney is desperate as well. enough to come back. Well, I mean, he's going to, I mean, apparently he's going to take what, I mean, he wants to win, but he also wants, you know, $18 million a year. So 
you know, those two, two things might be in conflict with each other, but with, uh, you know, Puna Ford, Jerron Reed coming back, LJ Collier's got to impress after his rookie campaign last year. Uh, Darrell Taylor came in, you know, we'll see Bruce Irvin coming back. I think is a, is a nice, nice uptick. Uh, Bobby Wagner at linebacker. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't go wrong with Bobby Wagner or Bobby Wagner, uh, KJ, Wright. I think at the linebacker position, they're as strong as just about anybody in the league. The secondary is going to struggle a little bit outside of Jamal Adams. Uh, Shaquille Griffin's in there still, uh, Trey flowers, uh, was the other starter last season, but I think he, I'm not, I'm not sure where he went, uh, but he might be, he might be back with the team. Uh, but bringing in Jamal Adams is, is huge in that secondary and you know, we'll see, but what, what are your, what is your pick for the NFC West first one, two, three, first, second, third. Um, I, I, I still think the Niners are the class of the division. I think that the Niners are going to be number one, Seattle, number two. I think both of them will go to the playoffs. Uh, third will be the Rams and last the Arizona Cardinals. Really? Yeah. You don't think the Cardinals will be able They're to not best the Rams? The I don't, Rams. I, don't, I, don't, I, I still think the Rams have what it takes to be third place in that division. Yeah, but Kyler Murray, I mean, he hit the weights <laughs> yeah. even more than I have in the offseason. He's bulked himself up. He's got himself in a psychological I, I, Sean space. Sean McVay is a better coach um, than what the space is. Well, I mean, they did. They were able to dump Todd Gurley off on the Falcons. And, you know, as you were mentioning before the podcast, the, the Jared Goff contract does not look as bad as it did at the time that they signed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but he's, I, he's, I, I yeah. would go he's okay. Seahawks, Niners. Of course. I mean, you, you, Seahawks, no Niners, Cardinals, whatsoever Rams. right here. You know, Sun is not sitting outside right now, Ben. I mean, you can but give, I us, honestly tr- think they're the better give team. us your true opinion. She's, she's not going to listen to this podcast either. I think they're the better team. Oh, okay. And I think they You're have the better coaching staff. <laughs> Better co- no don't don't get me wrong. Well, actually, you know what? I don't know. Well, Kyle Shanahan uh, is a is a very good coach, but I think he's good Carroll up until the fourth quarter. Yeah, and Shoddy, I think they've got a, a an offensive game plan and a defensive game plan for the entire season. Yeah, I still think Niners, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals, Niners. All right. Anything else yeah. to add about it? only went to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, and got beat by the Kansas yeah, City Chiefs. Them, they beat themselves. Uh, I wouldn't say they beat themselves. I'd say the Chiefs put themselves in a position to be beat by not playing better in the first half. They beat themselves. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> a disagreement just, finally on the podcast. Just like with Atlanta, Atlanta beat themselves when Shanahan was the offensive coordinator over there. He did the same thing this time was around. Was that 23 well. points? It was Give twenty-four to three in the fourth quarter. <laughs> twenty-four. To that three. is. This, I mean, so that's, twenty-one points. That will haunt him for the rest of his life. Uh yeah, but it was the Patriots. I don't so, care I who mean, it is, man. When, yeah, you're winning, it, when you're up twenty-four to three in the fourth quarter, you don't lose the Super Bowl. When you're up by ten points with nine minutes remaining in the fourth quarter, you don't lose in the Super Bowl. Shanahan has done both. But that's the beauty of Bill Belichick, because Pete Carroll wanted to run the ball. <laughs> But all Bill Belichick had to do was stand over on the sideline and stare at Pete Carroll, stare at him. And he's like, well, maybe I'm making the wrong decision here because <laughs> Bill's looking at me. So call that pass play <laughs> and let's let's see if Butler can pick this off. Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. Bill yeah, Belichick yep. called that play for him. He'll also never get over that. 
He's got like a Vulcan mind meld on opposing coaches. Yeah. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our feel-good story. You, you find these every single week, week after week for about 40 weeks now, 40 feel-good stories, and you have some wonderful lead-in music, and I'm sure you have a great story for us tonight. Let I me do. get on Instagram. All right. <laughs> Right this week we have Ron Leary, free agent, offensive lineman, formerly of the Denver Broncos and the Dallas Cowboys. This is out of West Memphis, Arkansas. An NFL player and his wife donated an undisclosed amount of money to their hometowns to help families impacted by COVID nineteen. Ron Leary, O line or offensive lineman for Denver, now free agent, and his wife donated to the West Memphis, his wife's hometown. Uh, the contribution is estimated to impact one. 100,000 families between two cities. The Good Neighbor Love Center in West Memphis already had hundreds of boxes that were donated from Mid-South, from the Mid-South Food Bank, and the generous donation means they are going to be able to feed even more families. The center has seen a high demand from people in need of food supplies during the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, Tessica Boney, or Boney is picking up items for a single mother of three. Like many people, she was shocked to learn that an offensive lineman with the Denver Broncos donated money to serve 50,000 families in West Memphis. If you have individuals who are willing to step up, who are in a financial place to do so, I would definitely urge and encourage them to do so because there is a lot of families in the community that can definitely benefit from their generosity, said Boney, who was picking up supplies for a family in need. I was surprised and grateful, she said, thankful everything else because thankful, thankfully, Everything else because that gave us leeway to provide food to the community as needed, said Jacqueline Cannon, director of Good Neighbor Love Center. Cannon said the donation will allow the office to triple the number of people it serves. The director of community outreach for the city said normally they serve about 100 people a month. Now they're looking for a company that can buy food from or for them in bulk. Uh, we're just forever grateful that they were able to give a substantial amount because we haven't seen a donation like that before, said Tawana Bailey, Director of Community Outreach for the City of West Memphis. If you would like to pick up some of the supplies, you can do so at the Good Neighbor Love Center between 10 and 2 in West Memphis on designated days. Uh, but I love this story. Ron Leary did not tell us how much he donated, but clearly enough to serve 100,000 people and change the way that they were buying uh, the food supplies completely for this organization. So Ron Leary, who's now a free agent, doesn't even have a team signed under contract, at least as I uh, researched his story during the week, formerly played for the Dallas Cowboys and the Denver Broncos, but an offensive lineman, not uh, not a guy making tons and tons of money. But Franny, what say you? Uh, that's another great story, Ben. You 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 just seem to find these things week after week. I'm sure you're 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 running a little thin on these feel good stories, though, right? Uh, they they're not <laughs> as easy to find. But I came across this one, and because it was a lot not, of negativity out there, yeah. but not the positive stories. Yeah. Unfortunately, we need more positivity in the universe. Generally, yes, we do. Uh, but you know, an undisclosed amount. You know, clearly doing it uh, for his wife and his wife's hometown. Not disclosing how much money it was, tried to, you know, so that he can get in the papers for donating a large amount of money, but clearly a large donation. So Ron Leary, offensive lineman, class act all the way. Franny, anything else to add before we move on? Nothing to add, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> 
right, Franny. Going from the positive to more positive. What's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our shot of the week. This is our drinking portion of the show. We have our shot of the week. We have our beverage of the week, which is another rye. And we have our beer of the week. But first up, we have our shot, Ben, which was... Just something that I found on Tipsy Bartender and didn't work out quite as I planned it to. Oh, I wonder what was happening in there. Yeah, you know what? It, it was, it was, uh, was like, it, normally it doesn't take him this long to make yeah. the shot. <laughs> it, it, it didn't, it didn't, um, layer the way I thought it would, but with the ingredients that I already had there with the UV, uh, vodka, the, the, it was the blueberry vodka with the gold schlager. Uh, you know, you have uh, a little bit of that sort of, uh, refreshing, I don't know. Well, bl- blueberries aren't that refreshing, but the color of it looks like ice. And, uh, you also have the gold schlager with the cinnamon, the spiciness. And so me and Sonia were both like kind of sort of concocting this thing. Sonia's still part of this podcast. <laughs> and the, she's, she's, pro- she's an executive she, producer she, behind the scenes. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, so we were kind of putting this thing together. And when you look at Tipsy Bartender, you know, things seem to layer a little bit differently, but they did not. So, you know, we just cut, kind of, we, we sort of created our own shot, our own elixir for the evening and we've dubbed it the icy hot it's been chilling in the fridge uh for the past few hours and it's the one cold drink that we have on the table or we will have on the table in just a moment when i grab it from the fridge um but it has um on the rim it has that sort of uh uh thick crystallized uh, sugar, so it looks like ice, which we wish we had right now, Ben, because it's about 90 degrees right outside Just right on now. on my head. Even at 11 o'clock at night, it's still a warm night, Ben. I can see you're still sweating. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a beautiful blue color. One of the one of the more beautiful shots that we made. I don't think it's coming through on Instagram and on Twitter. You'll see these. Oh, uh, it's a, one of more of the beautiful shots it's, it's that we made. It's a beautiful shot. Uh, the shot is sweaty. <laughs> it's a sweaty shot. Sweaty. <laughs> It'll be sweaty. It'll be sweaty when we bring it outside. When it starts, uh, 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 the the you know the condensation on the side of the glass starts dripping down the table. But it looks really good. But it looks really good, and uh, I'm sure it'll taste very good, Ben. You know, we're not huge fans of vodka, but with a little bit of Goldschlager, I think it might be one of the better ones in the past few weeks. But no tapatio. No tapatio. Sorry. No tahini. No tahini either. No Tabasco. <laughs> no Tabasco. All right. All right. So we will. Gather this shot the from, icy hot from the from the you know from the refrigerator something cold finally icy hot something from yeah, I'm sure Franny's about fifteen years away from I'm sure a lot using of, icy hot on a daily uh, basis I'm, I'm, like the I'm rest sure of us a lot of NFL players are very fond of icy hot I'm more of an asper cream guy <laughs> but but that's not Ben Gay no no Sonia likes the ice she likes uh, the icy hot and uh, the biofreeze I like the asper cream uh-huh. uh but you'll get there in about another. Uh, 12 to 14 years. You'll be there with us. All right, folks, hold tight. and We'll be right back with the shot of the week. All right, and we are back with our shot of the week. It's not the Asper Cream shot, Ben. It's not the Ben Gay <laughs> shot, Ben. It is our icy hot shot, and uh, Shaquille O'Neal will be very proud because I think he's one of the faces of 
of many of, things of, of, of icy hot. <laughs> yeah, he and, is. And uh, was it uh, General Carnage? General Carnage. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, he definitely does uh, many commercials for Icy Hot, and uh, you know, the first shot failed, Ben. But I think this shot will be just as delicious. All right, we got as the one that I attempted to make. We got Friday's shot music playing in the background. One more time. What's in this shot, Friday? Uh, in the shot, band, it is the UV vodka, blueberry flavored vodka. That's where we have the, the blue color uh, in the shot. That's that beautiful. It's almost like um, Game of Thrones, the. Um, Ice King? The, 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 the Ice King, the, the eyes. It's almost the same color. It's a beautiful blue color. Uh, with a little bit of Goldschlager, shake it up on ice. The rim is that thick crystallized sugar, so you'll get some sweetness. You'll get some, uh, well, it's cold, which is which is great, unlike outside. Um, but uh, you'll, you'll get a little bit of that cinnamon spice also on the finish, I'm sure. So I think the name is appropriate. Absolutely. Now let's give it a shot, Ben. Cheers to you. Here's to the Ice King. <laughs> Here's Wait, two. what was his name? Not the was it the Ice King or the uh, the Night King? No, I think it was like Charles. <laughs> Charles the Ice King. <laughs> well, cheers! All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, that's good. Hmm. Actually, actually, that's really good. What's on the that's outside a, of the glass? It's it's just a um, thicker crystallized. Um, Sugar, basically. I mean, it's it's sugar, but just thicker crystals of sugar. Mm. More like icing, like that you'd put on a cake. It, it's sort of like that sort of thing. But that's a nice little bit of sweetness that you get. You get a little bit of spice on the finish from the Goldschlager. But even that blueberry vodka is not that's as really good vodka e as I thought it would be. Is yeah, it, it doesn't have like that, yeah, that yeah. spirity sort of flavor to it. It's got a nice it's cinnamon a nice, taste. A nice little bit of sweetness to it. It's got a enough. nice cinnamon taste, a nice sweetness to it, a nice tang, a little bit of a tang. And mm-hmm. the sugar, if you get a nice, I mean, mm-hmm. everyone knows I like, well, well you new lick, listeners. You lick the tang. I like to lick all of the, uh, everything that's on the rim of the glass because it is part of the shot. Oh, it is. So you one. should drink it. Yeah. No, uh, or you should lick it off. Uh, but it's really you got dep- a little bit stuck on your lips right now. Mm. Uh, mm. 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 Oh, mm. yeah. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> That is really good. It's still there. Uh, it's on the right side of your lips. There. Uh, uh, mm. Oh yeah, you got it. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> and that was that was one of your better shots. Actually, I think. that was that was actually very. I mean, it was very easy to make. Actually, uh, easier than what I was attempting to make um, because the shot actually called for um, you know blueberry vodka with a gold schlager with uh, a melon liqueur stacked on top of that. So it, was, so it was supposed to be a layered shot. So it was almost supposed to be the same colors as the Seahawks, basically. So that sort of light blue with that sort of neon green. Um, you know, so, you know, Sonia was very excited about that at first, but it just wasn't happening. You know, we, we would pour it in. It would just turn green. The entire glass would just turn green. It wouldn't layer whatsoever. Maybe they just used a different sort of a brand or quality of uh, melon liqueur. Uh, in, in, in the shot on, on the website. Um, but you know, it didn't work out. So we just went with the gold sugar, the UV vodka, some, uh, some, uh, sugar around the rim and it tastes delicious. This is actually very, is actually better than I thought it would be. Yeah. It is really, really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, on our thirsting goal rating scale of zero to 10, mm-hmm. what would you give that? Friday? 
Um, I would give this a nine only because of how easy it is to put it together. You can whip up a whole bunch of these things. Um, and it's, it's easy to rim a glass. You just put a little bit of that, that, uh, syrup on it. You put a little bit of the sugar on it, but yeah, ease and taste nine. Oh, the icy hot. You know what I'd say? I'm giving it a 10. A 10, Ben. I think I'm you, giving it a 10. You're giving, I, last week, you actually gave a high rating to our shot. Well, because it had tahini and yeah. it had the hot sauce. And you licked and everything. And it, yeah. The Cholula, uh, which we, we put on the side of uh, the rim of the glass, topped with tahini, and you just licked that whole thing. Yeah, what was that? Uh, mango or... Yeah, the uh, mango the, shot yeah, yeah. last week. Look at that mango. Yeah, it had the it mango, mango. It had I can't the, the tahini. It had... Was there Cholula it was vodka. in there? There was vodka in there. It was it was uh, the mango nectar vodka, and I think that's actually all it was was mango, mango nectar and vodka, basically with the tahini. It added a little bit of spice. There was spice. There was sweetness. This one's more uh, the cinnamon spice with the sweetness, and the, actually that that blueberry vodka was not as spirity as oh, I thought good. it was because I mean, that UV that's really vodka, good. I mean, I mean UV, that was really yeah. good. The UV vodka is actually, it's it's it's, it's cheap because when, whenever you get a cheap vodka, you think it's going to be, you know, spirity. It's going to just like- They're t- all the it. same. I, they're all, it's, but this one was actually, I was impressed. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, that was probably one of the two or three favorite shots yeah. you've made on the yeah. show. Yeah, and it, and it also, I mean, it's it's fresh. Especially when it's cold like this, it's it's maybe because it was cold. Maybe because it was cold. Has a lot to do with that, but it is something that you can whip up. You know, if you're having a party for a whole bunch of your friends, you know, you can put 20, 20 of these things together so easily, um, and 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 it, and it tastes good. But that was really. I mean, maybe it's the cinnamon. I mean, I'm learning that I like the spice: mm-hmm. cinnamon, tahini, yeah. uh, Cholula. Uh, if it's got a little bit of spice, I yeah, like it. maybe I should have added a little bit more uh, of the Goldschlager. Maybe a little bit more cinnamon. Maybe it was sweeter than I wanted it to be, but pretty good. Maybe this is this is some this is what you want to rub on your aching joints, Ben. When when you work out in the yard like you have been for the past few months, because you're looking ripped now. Uh, you know, I see those triceps bulging, uh, well. those biceps bulging. Well, they're, they're your shoulders are still working on. <laughs> well, my shoulders grow very slowly, unfortunately. But this, this, this is something you can rub on. You know, I can aching, just I can rub it on my my joints. my aching shoulders. You know, before I cry in my <laughs> Genesee. Where, where's the baby? Where's the baby cry? There's the baby cry. This is me after every workout. Well, but I feel so I feel worse the next day than I did the day that I worked yeah, out. It's it's hard to get up in the morning after you work out like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, so Friday, but that was that was wow. That was good. That, that was, was better really, than I expected really for sure. All right. Anything else to add about the beautiful, beautiful shot of the week? Nothing to add, Ben. All right. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beverage of Ooh, the week, which is everybody's favorite part of the show. Classic rye, Sazerac rye. Uh, I mean, it seems like it's been around for a while. Uh, it's something that I've sampled in the past at a bar. I just can't remember how it tasted. It's not something that was really looking to review at the bar. I just ordered it because it was on the menu. Oh, you mean you but didn't tonight, tell the bartender what you thought of the rye? Yeah, I didn't, didn't give my my, uh, my Thirsty Gold, gold rating scale? Like, hey, uh, uh, Jessica, <laughs> would you like to know? <laughs> you know Thirsty Gold's rating scale for rye? <laughs> they didn't know. <laughs> they didn't they know. They didn't know. Uh, but, you know, 
at the time, it was a little warm. I have it, I have it actually inside the house. So, I mean, <laughs> outside, air conditioning, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's air conditioning. So it should be, uh, you know, I'd say about 75 degrees right now. So it's a little bit cooler than it is out here right now. Uh, just looking, it's about 85 degrees right now. So we're cooling off nicely, Ben, uh, but not quite as cool as we are inside the house. That's where we have the, the, uh, the beverages waiting for us to, uh, to sample. Um, but it, I, I can't remember what I thought about it because I was already drinking at the time. It was just like, you know, I, I heard about the Sazerac. I'm like, all right, let's, let's have a little bit of the Sazerac. But, but you weren't not... hung over though. Right? You were just tired. But right now. And, 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 and less than yourself. And <laughs> right like... now I feel that Johnny Walker Green really, it, it's, <laughs> it's really, it, it's, it's, I'm hanging in there. That's what happens when I'm you're in your, in your thirties. You still, you still don't believe you. Mid thirties, mid thirties. Until you get to your, you know, forties, uh, late forties. I took you... a nap. I took a nap today. In preparation for this podcast, and uh, it, it helped a little bit, but still, I'm not 100. percent And it gets but worse. But it's not a hangover. And it man. gets worse every year. <laughs> That's what I hear. Every year. That's why we have the icy hot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the aspirin cream and the biofreeze. I and, forgot about the biofreeze and, and the salon. You know pause. the biofreeze, the biofreeze, and the salon. Man, man, you know all of these things. <laughs> it is pretty crazy. When you get into your late 40s, that's what happens. The biofreeze. Actually, I've used that on my aching, my aching joints, joints. And see, there's that. There's that. My, my there's, aching, my aching 36 year old joints. There is that. That uh, Johnny Walker Green. My, my, <laughs> ach, my aching. No, my aching joints. I've I've used the biofreeze. Actually, biofreeze. Underrated. Not yeah. so many people. I mean, it works. It's a short-term fix, but it does. It does definitely. Fix. It's it's cool, then warm. Feels yeah. good. All yeah. right, you're gonna run and grab those. I will. Get All them. right, we're gonna get the Sazerac from the house, and we'll be right back. All right, so I just grabbed the rise from inside the house, about 75 degrees. I would say it's much cooler inside, and it feels so good to be inside the house right now, Ben. And I hope you've been doing uh, some of your work inside the house, not in the garage. Uh, most of it in the garage. Oh, oh my God. That's how I'm able to this, stay this upcoming week. at the same body weight. This up, I'm sure you sweat a lot because this upcoming week is going to be even worse, Ben. But just grab the shots and if you just, just to the touch, it is a little bit cooler than it is oh, out here. God, yes. Which Thank is you. great. Uh, I mean, they, they, I mean, I, they might taste a little bit better chilled even more so. Um, but I, I think it really does help having them at about 75 degrees as opposed to, you know, about 85 degrees or 90 degrees. Um, but you know what the Sazerac Ryben, like I mentioned, it is something that I've tried in the past. Didn't really think too much about it. Uh, it's, 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 it's a classic rye. Um, and it's, it's not very expensive. It's only about 30 bucks for a bottle. And I'm sure you have some more information for us. I do. This is the Sazerac straight rye from Buffalo Trace. Ooh. The one and only New Orleans original Sazerac rye whiskey symbolizes the tradition and history of New Orleans. Rye whiskey dates back to the 1800s, around the time when saloons veiled coffee houses began lining the streets of New Orleans. It was at the Sazerac Coffee House on the Royal Street where local patrons were served toadies or toddies made with rye whiskey and Peychaud's bitters. Friday's like, Friday's like, toadies. Uh, the libation became known as the Sazerac. 
an American first branded cocktail was born. This is the whiskey that started it all. So it's up there. It's yep. been around for a long time. Uh, the tasting notes are aromas of clove, vanilla, anise, and pepper. Subtle notes of candies and spices and citrus. The big finish is smooth with hints of licorice. Uh, the reviews are about 94.5 uh, from Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible. Uh, so it's uh, it's been around for a long, long time. Is that the New Testament or the Old Testament? <laughs> yeah, I think this is a, this is a B.C. This is a before capitalism. <laughs> yeah, but forty five was it forty five percent alcohol? I think it's about forty five percent alcohol. I don't, yeah. I don't have the bottle out here, but you have it right. You have the nice picture right there, and the bottle is beautiful. It's, it's a really nice bottle. It's it's uh yeah forty five very simple. But it's 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 a nice looking bottle with a long neck. It's got and a lot of awards. Yeah, it does. Uh, it's been around for you a know, bit. ninety-one points, a Best Buy bit. Wine Enthusiast Magazine, two thousand nineteen Silver Medal, San Francisco World Spirits, two thousand eighteen Silver Medal at New York International Spirits, two thousand eighteen Silver Medal at North American Bourbon and Whiskey, two thousand eighteen Gold Medal L.A. International Spirits, two thousand eighteen Gold Medal San Francisco World Spirits, two thousand eighteen Trophy Finalist at the Ultimate Spirits Challenge, two thousand eighteen Silver Medal at the Denver International Spirits Competition. We got to go to one of these. Mm-hmm. Two thousand seventeen Gold Medal. At the Beverage Testing Institute in 2017, gold medal at the New York Wine and Spirits Competition. Mm-hmm. Ah, so I just it has the tasting notes, but it doesn't have as much on the finish. But we'll see. That it says the big finish is smooth with hints of licorice. All right, all right. Well, let's give us a shot. Let's, let's see. Let's see which aromas are coming through. Cheers, Ben. Oh, yeah. You get the spice. You get the spice coming through. Peppery. Oh, you turned that down real quick. <laughs> Last week you were like, turn there's, it off! There's, <laughs> there's some spiciness, sweetness. Oh, it's a nice spice. It's got a nice thick. This is my new uh, way of rating bourbons and rice. <laughs> thick on the nose. It's it's robust on the nose. Oof. But it's got a good. It I mean, it has you. a it has yeah, a it, consistency on the nose that's very. You can tell it's a stronger. Yeah, but it's, yeah, as, it, as 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 a higher alcohol content. But it's not muted on the nose at all. But you get the spice. I get the I get the pepper and a little bit of vanilla. But the sweetness. I'm not sure about the sweetness. See, I'm getting the sweetness too. But it's like that vanilla sweetness. It's like a spicy vanilla sort of scent that uh, that I'm getting. Maybe you're not getting so much, but just swirl it around in uh, the Glen Karen here. Or name brand glasses. Ooh, it got spirity. Wow. Yeah, it really punches you in the back of the nostrils right there. Yeah, when you if, if when you stick you, your nose way in you there, you know when you when you move it around Oof. the glass, when Oof. you when you swirl it in the glass, it gives you a nice punch, a, a huge punch. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, now I can't get the vanilla because all I'm getting is <laughs> uh, all I'm getting Don't is swirl that much. pepper and and uh, alcohol. I'm not getting the vanilla as much because, but maybe it's because it's overpowered by. 
There's some there's some some kind of spice and the pepper. There's also some, you know, the woodiness as well. I almost get a little raisin or something. Yeah, there, there's oh wow, you are turning it to me. Um well I didn't get I didn't say <laughs> peanut. <laughs> but I do, I get a little raisin or grape in there. There's a particular spice in there. I just can't put my finger anise. on it. I mean, it's, it's it's I guess it's anise. I I've I've never uh I don't I don't know if I've spelled anise on its own, but it's not just pepper. There's something else there. It might be anise. All right. Well, let's give it a shot, Ben. Uh, it's a flowering plant in the uh, Eastern Mediterranean. Similar to fennel and licorice. Oh, it's good. This, I mean, it smells really nice. I mean, once you get past... I mean, I, I love a spicy rye, though. You know, that, that sort of... Uh, that punch... It's got a nice, yeah, it, on the it, nose, it, it's got a serious punch. Yeah, but it does. But I mean, once you get past that, I mean, the, the notes that are coming through are actually, it's very nice. All right, cheers, Ben. Let's give it a shot. See how it tastes. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's a nice spicy finish. It's not like a burning finish uh, because of like the spiritiness. It's just like a nice spicy finish with a little bit of raisin. I'm getting a little bit of the raisin. Yeah, see? I'm learning. But what I enjoy about it is that nice creaminess you get all the way through. I mean, you get the creaminess at the beginning and the nice creamy finish at the wow. end. It's almost like a creamy, spicy, raisiny finish. And wow, for, but that know, finish is exceptional. Yeah, it, it is. It is actually. I mean, it's it's better than I for for that price. From what I remember, it's better than than what I thought it would be. I mean, for that price point, wow. It's strong. Wow. I wish I could get. I mean, maybe I'm getting the vanilla a little bit, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting more so the pepper and the licorice and the. Hmm. I'm enjoy- I mean, like, there's just the the. But I love that punch at the end. You get an immense amount of creaminess, though. Are you? Are, are you oh yeah. You, you, the nose it's, it's like- is intense. Mm-hmm. It it's full of 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 aromas and spice and notes and the body on the on the on the mouthfeel is beautiful and smooth and just it's a it's got a robust feeling in the mouth and on the finish it's just got a a, a great. A great, great spice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't put it up there with the best of the best that we've tasted, but it for for what it costs, it's a really solid. Yeah, offer. I mean, it would probably taste uh, a little bit better if it was chilled a few more degrees. I mean, it, it's still pretty warm. Um, you know, maybe even uh, a little bit of ice in there just to chill it a little bit more. It might taste a little bit better. Um, but even at this temperature, it's it's better than what I remember at the bar that night. Um, but, you know, I, I do like 
But it is, it's got a smoothness to it. Yeah, that, that, that creaminess. I mean, it has a little bit of punch at the back of the throat, but a lot of it has to do with the, the spice that's coming through as but well. But it doesn't, it doesn't hang out for a long, long mm-hmm. time. No, it's yeah. some you want oh, yeah. to, some you don't. Mm-hmm. This one, I don't know how long I would want that spiciness to, the spice to hold on, mm-hmm. but it doesn't hold on that long. Yeah, no. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a solid rye. For the price point. And I it mean, does. It's it, got a nice it, creamy it really mouthfeel. I mean, if, if you're looking for a good rye for a low price, um, this does the job. I mean, and ryes are something that I don't think you drank as much rye before we started doing this podcast. And I yeah, had no. never even had a rye before we started doing this podcast. But I, I'd say it goes Isla Scotches, then spicy ryes, then, you know, a nice, um, a nice creamy bourbon after that for me. I mean, scotches in general. <laughs> I mean, whether they're Isla or Speyside or, or Highland or, you know, like, you know, whatever part of Scotland. Uh, I would say, Scot- you know, scotches are the tops uh, for me. And then rice and then bourbons. Uh, but cognacs, I, I, I also like cognacs as well. I, you know, bourbons are probably at the bottom of my list. Um, in terms of our browns that we sample, uh, you know, week after week. Um, but you know, we just, we just try to sample pretty much everything that has been aged in some sort of a barrel. You know, we sample on the show. Um, and, uh, you know, rise are definitely up there. I, I do, um, appreciate the, uh, the spiciness. It just, it adds an extra dynamic to the drink and it, it, it's, it's just interesting, um, you know what 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 they bring. I mean, because the bourbons are are they're sort of woody, they're vanilla, they're honey, but they don't have the same that that just I don't know. I just I just the appreciate spice, that the mouthfeel, yeah. the finish. I mean, there there's there are creamy bourbons that we've had, but this one's a nice creamy, yeah. spicy, um, rye at a great price point. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'd say if if you took away the Isla Scotches from the Scotch category. I would probably, it would probably be for me, it would be rye and then bourbon and then scotch. Yeah, I love the smoothness of the scotches. I mean, they are smooth, but I'd say without that peatiness, that smokiness, I'd probably probably go directly to a rye with the the spice and the nasty, nasty finish. (laughs) I mean, by nasty, I mean just it bites you. But it's not. It's not nasty. It's not nasty. No, no. It's, it's intense. It's, 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 intense it's good. is a better it's way good. of putting it's, it's it. Just, intense. An intense finish. It's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Um, but Ben, where would you rate this on our thirst and gold rating of our um, Browns of the week? I'd probably for the, the you know in the rye category, I'd probably give it a seven. Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't say seven because I was thinking, <laughs> you asked me first. I was thinking the exact same thing. I mean, we've tried better rise in the past, um, you know, but for the price point um, and the flavors that are coming through, I, I would say also, you know, just about a seven as well. And, and what, what, I, I hate what, to agree with you, Ben, but I, I hate to <laughs> agree with you, Ben. Words I've heard <laughs> so many times in my lifetime. Uh, but what stops you from going higher? What stops you from going lower? I mean, well, just just the uh, you know the price point. Um, yeah, thirty dollars uh, to get you know a complex rye for you know for such a low price point. 
that is very impressive. I mean, it's, it's impressive to me um, that they're able to sell it at you know thirty bucks a bottle. Um, but it's still it's still not up there. I mean, it's still a little spirity on the finish. It, it still has a little bit of extra kick. I wish it was just slightly smoother. Um, you know, compared to some of the other ryes that we've tried. Uh, but it's definitely interesting. It definitely comes in, uh, keeps it coming back for more. Um, but just that that spirit on the nose, that spirit on the finish. I mean, you get the spice, but you get a little extra kick that I don't appreciate as much. So you think if they took it down, say, to 80% alcohol, maybe, maybe you'd lose maybe, a little maybe, bit of that? Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I tend to agree, but I, I don't mind the spiritiness on the nose. I didn't really get it until I swirled it around the glass. And I love that punch on the finish. Mm-hmm. Some folks love it. Some folks don't. Yeah, some folks want a smooth scotch that you can barely even taste. Yeah, but that's impressive as well. It is impressive. Yeah, impressive but I'm not sure why not tasting it is a is a yeah, it's but an it's attribute. Just, yeah, well, but maybe on a night like tonight, where it's you know extremely warm, you know, it's about 90 degrees. You know, you have high humidity. With a smooth scotch, where it just goes down so easily, like it's a, a little more Glenn refreshing. Fifteen on ice right now. Yeah, it, it's 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 just you know more refreshing than let's say you know spicy, you know knock you in the back of the throat sort of drink like this. This is probably not perfect for tonight, or even a um, an Islay scotch where it has that peatiness, that smokiness. You know, on a warm night, it makes a huge difference. But you know, it's not perfect for tonight's weather. That's true. All right, Friday night, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our beer of the week, and we've tried so many beers. What about our scotch? Our scotch. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not move on so quickly. <laughs> Let's go to our best scotch <laughs> under $50. I did not realize that that was there on the agenda. Well, for folks for folks that aren't here with us, I did that, right before the, the this scotch segment. scotch I drank last night, really. Right before this segment, I essentially said, Friday, don't forget that we're going to talk about the best yeah. scotches below yeah. $50. I completely forgot, you know. Like I said, like I mentioned early in the podcast we first started, I had quite a bit of scotch last night, and uh, I'm not all there. I'm a little tired. I'm not. It's not a hangover, Ben. It's not a hangover. I'm just. Tired. I'm just tired. So we did our, you know, the best bourbons under fifty dollars last week. We did the best. I think it was the best. What did we do? The best was it? Oh, the best rise under fifty dollars, which is essentially where we're at. We we rarely. You know, taste something over that, although occasionally we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we did the bourbons and the rye. So we're going to do the best scotches under $50, according to the coolest.com. Uh, the first one, Highland Park 12 year. Frane, have you tasted this? You know, I have not. And I was tempted a few years, a few years, a few weeks ago. That damn Johnny years. Walker. When I was an adolescent, when I was, a, when I was a young adolescent. <laughs> damn Johnny Walker Green. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, but I mean, I definitely, it's, it's something that we will try, we'll sample in the future. Um, but I, I was very tempted a few weeks ago before I grabbed that, uh, the Pete monster off the shelf, I was going to grab some Highland Park 12, but Ben, I know what a fan you are I love the Pete. of the Pete and, uh, and that smokiness. Uh, so I went with that instead of the Highland 12, but definitely the Highland 12 is coming up. Uh, next up the monkey shoulder, you know, I've tried the monkey shoulder. 
Not a big fan. It's a blended not, whiskey. Not that I'm not. That I'm not it's, it's just, I, there are other blended Scotch whiskeys that are better. Okay. So it's not the best under 50. <laughs> uh, the Black Rouse coming in at the number three. Haven't tried it. Haven't tried it. Uh, it's a peated cousin to the famous Grouse Black. Uh, sweetness and malt smoky notes appearing throughout. All right, smoky, man. You might like it. Uh, Johnny Walker Double Black. Blech. Uh, I mean, I know the the Johnny Walker Black. You it's know, under fifty. It's. I mean, the Johnny Walker Black. Well, this is the Double Black. I'm not sure how much exactly this one costs, but the Johnny Walker Black I think is about twenty five bucks. I th- somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's all right. But I don't know how this one. We've never tried that one. Ah, the oh, Balmore yeah. Twelve Year. Here we go. Balmore. The Balmore Twelve Year. Hey, this one's a good. This one. This was a good. We, the bottle's gone. Yeah, it's yeah, not in there it, anymore. It, it is. It is. Yeah. What should no, tell you we, how good we, it is? We both enjoyed it. This one. This one. This one dis- disappeared very quickly. Yeah. This was a great offering. Uh, oh, the Lafroig Ten or the Lafroig. <laughs> sorry, the Lafroig Ten Year. Yeah, uh, another one, Ben. That one also disappeared. I mean, like all these, like you know, your post production yeah. these disappear pretty quickly. But that was a really, really good offer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cuddy Shark Prohibition Edition. That's, that's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, it's it's you know the Cuddy Shark is uh, something pretty, that was popular in the seventies, yeah. right? I mean, you might remember that, Ben. I do. I do. <laughs> It's like J and B. The yellow bottle, but this yeah. one's not the yellow. This one's a, a, a different edition. Yeah, it's like the J and B that everybody used to drink. Uh, next up, the Aberfeldy 12. Something I haven't tried, but I've been interested to try, and we will in the future, Ben. All right. Next up, the Ardbeg oh, 10 year. Yeah, there it is. There it, yep. Yep. One of your favorites. What a beautiful picture. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you actually, can't go wrong with this one. If next week um, at Total Wine, if they have the Ardbeg 5, I'm grabbing the Ardbeg 5 for next week. Oh, if they have year? it. If they have it. Yeah. So that's definitely something that I was looking to grab. Um, it, there's not a huge difference in price between the, the 5 and the 10. It's about three dollars or so difference in I wonder the two. Why. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely want to try it next week if it's there. So I mean, the Ardbeg Ten, we obviously know how that one tastes. Ardbeg Five, maybe next week. Yeah, but this is you can't go wrong. This is as PD and as smoky as it gets. Oh, this is this one punches you. This in the back is of the this is that that one is. If you've never had Isla scotches in your life, don't you try. Don't, don't start, start with, with this the Ardbeg one. Ten. <laughs> don't start with that one. Uh, Doer scratched cask. Never tried that one. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. Doers, yes, but not that uh, one. Ah, the Glenn Levitt 12. Uh, this, is, this, this is, if you're new to scotches and you just want to start out on the cheap, this is where you start right here and uh, you begin to appreciate scotches because the price point is only $25. You can, it's easily attainable. It's available everywhere. And uh, this is where you start with scotches and all of the Glenlivet offerings, Ben, the 12, the 12 double cask or the 12, it was a double cask, uh, the 14 year. We tried the Caribbean Reserve. Yep. We tried the 15, the, the 18. 18. Uh, we've tried so many Glenlivets. They've all been yeah, wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, the Macallan 10 year fine oak. Another one that I'm not sure if you've had it. I've, I haven't. I've sampled this one as well. Um I mean, it's, to me, it's 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 similar um, to the Glenlivet. Okay. Ah, uh, the <laughs> Hawken Toshin American Oak. I haven't tried that one. I haven't ever even heard of this nope. one. 
Okay, that might Can't be good. Can't even pronounce it. That might be good. Hey, uh, the Spabernaranta. Uh, the Spabernaranta. This one I've never tried before in my life. Have you heard of it? I have never heard of it before. Okay, no. the Spabern. We'll, we'll try that one. I don't, I don't even know if I've seen that on the shelf, though. Uh, let's see. Duh, 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 duh. Uh, apples, caramel, chocolate. Butterscotch okay. candy. Each, each giraffe is a is a miniature visit to your grandmother's house. <laughs> where my grandmother gave me scotch, apparently. <laughs> okay. My grandmother did not give me oh, scotch. She gave you Genesee. Yeah. <laughs> no, she definitely <laughs> didn't give me Genesee. I wish. Uh that's it for the for the top scotches under fifty. Any comments on that, Frank? Uh, you know, I definitely agree with the Glenvit twelve here. That is, you know, if, if there's anybody out there And the Lafroig. That's no, they're they're obviously great, but I mean, you start. I would say you start with the Glenlivet twelve, see how you like that, and then you move on from there. Because, but even me and you, Ben, uh, well, me, you know, when you brought the Ardbeg ten <laughs> over, uh, I forgot. That was I, awesome. I, I forgot which. What, yeah, was you didn't that, drink what, any of it was that, that night. Was that was that the fourth? Of, I, was yeah, that I think the, it was. Yeah, I think yeah. it was the fourth. I think of July. it was. And you so, didn't I mean, drink any of it. The Ardbeg ten is not ideal on the fourth of July because it's usually pretty warm outside. It's hot. Outside, and you don't want to be, you know, sipping a, a bunch of the Islay scotches with that that peaty smokiness uh, to them. Um, so you know, you kind of want to start out with the light, side sort of scotches with the Glenlivet, and then move on from there. So I, I, I okay. completely one hundred agree. One hundred. Wait, what? I said okay. What? Yeah, I like I like a peaty. No, 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 no. Smoky scotch, but, even at night when it's hot. Well, I'll, I'll grab something inside. We'll we'll grab the peat monster once we're done and see how much you like it when it's you know eighty five degrees outside. But you know you start with the light scotches and you move on from there. That's true. That's true. I mean, I got you the the Glimmeray, which we. I'm not sure if you love that one. The Glimmeray eighteen year, but it wasn't an eyeless scotch. No, but it just goes to show that the cost is not necessarily indicative no, of how no. good it is. But it's still good. I liked it. More than you liked it. Yeah. I, and I, I think I like the Glenlivet 12 probably more than I like the Glenmoray 18. The Glenmoray 18 is a little more complex. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But not PD at all. No, neither of them. <laughs> no. All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben. Is our beer oh. of the week? I was just looking at the agenda to see if if there was anything there that I missed, uh, but it looks like I did not. So no. it's our beer of the week, and it's been chilling in the cooler. It is from the Alvarado Street Brewing Company. We've tried multiple beers from this brewer, and uh, this is a double IPA. And there's not much information out there about this. No, one. so we can't wait to taste it. We'll be we'll grab it out of the the icy cold cooler, and we'll be right back with our beer of the week. All right, and we are back with our beer of the week. We just grabbed it from the cooler. It is nice and chilled, unlike anything else out here, Ben, because it's fucking hot. Uh, but we have our <laughs> Alvarado Street Brewery Make Mischief Double IPA. And I must say, the color of this is beautiful. Yeah, and they just, I mean, this this brewery, Alvarado Street Brewery, they make an amazing array of beers on there, you know, I mean, it's, it's literally dozens, if not hundreds of beers that they make in Monterey, California. 
This is the Make Mischief. Make Mischief is their newest hop creation and employs an experimental hopping method that cranks the oil factor while maximizing a soft and elegant mouthfeel. They chose their hand-crafted Citra for this round, dry-hopped at an audacious rate for peak equatorial vibes of passion fruit and mango and enough micrine darkness or dankness for bruh. balance. <laughs> bruh. Micrine dankness, yeah, bro. And a reminder that this is, in fact, a double IPA and not a smoothie. The style is IPA Imperial. The alcohol by volume, Franny, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. 8.5%. Wow. All right. Uh, the score on Beer Advocate is 91 out of 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, the It's from Alvarado Street Brewery, California, and Monterey. And we have ratings that are all over the place. Four, 4, 4.3, 4.31, 3.8. Out of five, by the way. Out of five, Not out of ten. Uh, four point five. I'd be curious to see. I want to see what this three, what this three rating is. Yeah, it's probably some like jerk. Uh, murky. Da, 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 follows. Not just da, da, da. others that talk about this in the forums, but now I've eluded it. This beer was not particularly pleasant for my palate and my preference. I will not repeat and not recommend. But yet, hey, well, eight he, out of five. He, well, he probably likes you know Miller. <laughs> Miller. <laughs> he or she probably likes Miller. But most of the ratings are way up there. Because as you're reading this, Ben, I'm looking at the color of this. It is, you know, I'm not sure how many people have had Orangina. Orangina is very popular. With the, the, the collection on the bottom of yeah, the glass. It, it's popular. It's more popular in Europe than it is here. But you can still get it, You can get it at Trader Joe's. You can get it at, at, at um, Sprouts. You know, you can get it at certain places. You can get it everywhere. But just the color of it is very similar to Orangina, but it's hazy especially after you shake it up gina exactly see you're getting the pulp and everything but it's that color and the smell that i get from it is also almost like a sour citrusiness to it it smells spectacular man give that shit a smell right there give it give it a sniff give it oh holy oh oh my god right this brewery (laughs) why can't it be in the san fernando Uh, valley in california why can't we be this brewery (laughs) eventually ben we'll get there yeah, but if you friend. look at their website, folks, I mean, they make, I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens uh, of offerings on a regular basis. It's it's really astonishing hmm. for a small brewery in a relatively small city. And it had a nice bit of head on it. Uh, it sort of dissipated. It's uh, the set, smell set around is, for it, but the, the smell is top Citrusy, notch, fruity, hoppy. hoppy, fresh. Yeah, I mean it's it's very orangey, very orangina-ish yeah, it's in its got a smell. Beautiful citrus. I mean, it's just the. Sm- I mean, the the it's the like nose slicing, of this slicing into a fresh orange, you know, or yeah, it's, it's almost like, like it's almost a, like a orange, um, uh, like a blood orange almost. It's it's, yeah. it's like it's like a not orange orange, but it's like almost like a sweet orange. It's it's yeah. I mean, actually, I was eating blood oranges yesterday when I actually did my workout. We have a blood orange tree, and I was actually eating the blood oranges off the tree. Out, bro. Bro. <laughs> but I was, I was, I was like, I was. It was late at night, so I was like, I, I was going to eat dinner late. It's like a sour sweet. So I was actually orange. eating them as I worked out. Oh man, it's, that, that smells so good! I can't wait to try this, Ben. That's wow, good. That's, that's this try is good. This. Cheers to you. And the color, I just love that haziness, that 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 golden yellow sort of haze that it had. So beautiful, beautiful, yeah.
All right. So the taste <laughs> doesn't not match. the same. It doesn't match it doesn't the flavor. It doesn't match the, the, the nose the scent. Uh, uh, it's a little dry, actually. But it's not. I'm not getting that. That is that is crazy. That is a how weird much, much flavor we were, we in were, this beer. We were. Am I? Am I, am I no, it is. It is weird because we were praising the the smell and the color, and I expected so something so much different from what I'm tasting. But the, but the flavor is odd. No. Yeah. It's an odd flavor. Yeah, no, yeah. No, yeah, it is. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Yes. No. It's it's almost too sour. It's like a piney orange. I like pine and I like citrus. I'm actually not sure what that flavor is. But I don't like a piney orange. And this is a piney orange. Is it? Is <laughs> that like, what it is? I'm getting a piney sour orange. Like the smell is amazing for this beer, but the flavor is something like a completely different beer. It's a, it's as if we poured a different maybe beer. Maybe couldn't find any information in our glass. Uh, I mean, it's interesting. Don't get me wrong; it is very interesting. It's like something that I've I've never like. I I'm not sure what the flavor is. I expected so much more hop. It is like an IPA mixed with a carbonated a, orange juice. With almost like a milkshake. It's it's like um, a creamy. It's weird. Milkshakey, orange, citrusy, piney. It's odd. Dankness. Bro. Bro. <laughs> don't get me started on the I dankness, don't know if I want to take this over to Cody's mom's yeah, house. Yeah, no, bro. I think we've annoyed so many people with this. She'd be like, that's accent, gross, bro. dude. I don't even we, know what I'm tasting right this now. This is the talk in San Diego. Oh, bro. <laughs> This is to, why I'm gonna go up to Oceanside for the weekend, bro. This is, this is why the Chargers moved, bro. <laughs> bro, they had no fans, bro. Yeah, still have no fans, bro. <laughs> the stadium, is, the stadium you're gonna see in COVID nineteen would be very similar to the one you'll see the following it's like, year. It's like as as a thickness to it, though. It's, That's it's, it, the flavor is fucking odd. I'm I haven't I don't know if I've cursed tonight on the podcast, but the the flavor is fucking odd. I'm not because I expected so much from it, just from the color. But look at a pour, and from I'm the pouring scent, it in my glass, it looks like a beautiful rattler. Beautiful, it does. It almost does, but it's it's it has no sweetness of a rattler whatsoever. It has actually more sourness and dankness, skunky, a slight skunkiness. I almost feel like it's two things mixed together. I, that's probably what they did. They probably took like one of their IPAs and mixed it with a hef. I feel like it's like okay, well, this isn't good. That's not good either. Let's pour them together. <laughs> But the smell is the the nose Definitely is not exceptional. <laughs> it's not dark enough to be a stout, so I didn't mix it with that. But it, the, I don't even know how to place the flavor. Hmm. I mean, if, if you're looking, it doesn't, it's not bitter, really. But there's a there's there's a sourness to it. It's like a sour pininess. It's like that sap that you get from a pine tree. If you were to like lick it for some reason, for some odd reason, if you were to do that, I've done that. Yeah, I'm sure you have. You you also eat, you know, ladybugs. Well, but, I, but I've grown. I grew up back east where I actually tap trees uh, to, for, for for maple syrup. You know, I tapped Cody's mom, bro. <laughs> um, I didn't get any maple syrup, bro. <laughs> but what I did get, definitely cream. Um, it's. It is so hard to place it. It's almost, I mean, I can't believe I'm going to say this because I will finish this can, but no, it, it's almost terrible. 
No, you'll finish it. The flavor is almost terrible. You'll finish it because it's so interesting. It's so much different. I mean, it's it's it doesn't taste like anything that I thought it would taste like, especially with the scent, the citrus, the the hop, the slight bit of sourness. I get the but sourness, then you, but, then but you I don't drink get the hop, it. Though. You drink it. It's almost it's it's like thick, like a milkshake almost. It seems like it's been blended. Oh, it, it's it's in a blender. I mean, it's it's. I don't know. It's, it's a it's, beer smoothie, dude. That's actually that's a that's a pretty good description right there. It's, it's almost it's like a beer. Too. I mean, it's a nice thick smoothie. I mean, it's it's definitely thick. Yeah. But that first initial taste between there are certain your, your flavors. taste buds and your nose is kind of disgusting. It's completely different. It's like you know when when you smell an egg, like somebody that's like just boiling in a hard boiled egg. It's like it smells like shit. I mean, it smells like somebody farted, but then you eat it and it's like okay, it tastes pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Whereas this one smells the good, of that. but then it tastes like somebody farted in your mouth. Maybe not like that. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah. It's it's uh, where, where would you rate this, Ben, on our Thurston Goal rating of beers? I would rank it below Genesee. Uh, I would probably give it a four and, I, and I'm only giving you know, it a four because the, the, the nose is so good. I don't exactly. That, I don't know if I would the, give the it flavor, a four because it is so, but what's the flavor you're getting in this beer? I mean, it's, you gotta be honest with me. It's, I mean, I, I can't, it's, I can't tell what the flavor is. It's all right. It's, it hits my nose and I'm almost like, ugh. Like, I mean, the more I, I, drink I almost it, don't know what the it more is. I drink it, the, the, the more like I like I want to sip more of it. Really? Yeah, it's, it's like, no, 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 keep it there. Here's some keep more. it. Keep it Here's there. Some more. I, I had enough. I had enough. But it's 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 like a creamy, milky, citrusy, piney, semi sour, dank beer. I mean, it's it's and I would rate this a little bit higher than you, Ben. Because of all of the flavors that are coming through, it's it's above average. It's it's got it's got to be above average. This is Ben's dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm grabbing shit out of the, the cabinets. I'm like, this this can go with this. Oh wait, no, that's that'll be good with this dinner. But and then oh, let's throw a little bit more of this in there. And but then you the realize name, the name, all of, it, of that shit did not belong together. The name of it is perfect. Make. Mischief, because I feel like there's mischief going on in my mouth right now, Ben. I mean, there's a there's whole bunch mischief. of flavors. There's mischief going there's on in the toilet. There's a whole tomorrow. bunch of flavors coming through in this one beer. Every sip, sip after sip, it's just, it's a very interesting beer. And because it is so very interesting, I would give it a seven. <laughs> I would seriously give it a seven because it is like nothing I've tasted prior. All right. Well, uh, just. Wait, hold on. All right, just uh, put the put the beer up, put the glass up to your mouth, and smell at the same time. You take a drink, take a drink slowly, but but sniff and drink at the same time. And that initial drink, tell me that's not disgusting. I don't know. It's 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 like it's a thick. It's like a thick concoction. But between the nose and the mouth when you first completely different. Completely different. I mean I've never I've never smelled a beer that tastes so differently from its scent. I mean it's it's like completely it's like two worlds. 
like when I smelled it and I saw the color, I'm like, this is going to be a beautiful beer. It's going to be great. One of the best that we've ever tried on the show. But it's not. But at the same time, it's it's seven. <laughs> so, it, I mean, it's, it's, it is so interesting. It, it really is an interesting flavor in this beer. Oh, I, it's definitely interesting. I give them smell taste combination like in the beginning. Said, I can't get past it. Mm. I mean, I'll finish it. Yeah, I mean, like so that tells me something. I don't know. I, I give it a seven only because it is. I mean, if 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 there's people out there that are looking for an interesting beer, if you can find Make Mischief on the shelf wherever you're at. I mean, if you're in Monterey, uh, that should be I'm the sure only you place you can find it. Probably, <laughs> probably, yeah. So if you're in Monterey and you want to try something that you've never tried before in your life, this is the beer right here because. I, there, there are so many interesting flavors coming through. I'm sorry, I, you know, I, I, <laughs> all at the same time. Throw some paprika time. in there, some pepper, some 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 allspice. It's like a hot Throw in some vegeta. Throw in some thyme. It's, it's throw in some rosemary. It's, it's like just a hodgepodge all of all these flavors coming through. It's it's just interesting. I mean, it's it's. it's uh, I mean, you look at it in the glass. It's like look how thick it is right there. It's good. Really? It's it's really. It's very interesting. It is it 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 is definitely complex. It is it is highly complex. complex. It is it's a beer that doesn't know what it wants to be, and it's everything at once, <laughs> which is interesting. So you're saying that you're giving it credit? It's it's above average because I mean, of the name of the beer. Definitely, they, they they tried something new, and it is they want to give them credit for doing that. It's above. It's an above average beer. It's something. I mean, you've never. You've never tasted anything like this before in a beer, right? No. Exactly. No. So because of that, I've tasted stuff like Genesee. I've I've tasted stuff like, you know, some of the beers in the past. You you there are certain expectations that you have for an IPA. I did not expect this for a double IPA. We've had double IPAs on the show where they're very hoppy, very citrusy, but this one's creamy. It has that milkshakey sort of consistency. It has a little bit of dankness, a little bit of sourness. I mean, it is a very interesting beer. You probably just want to try one. You don't want to drink these all night, but you just want to try it. Just to say that I tried this. All right. So Franny says, <laughs> and I say, playoffs? We'll talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? It's interesting. I just hope we can win a game. All right. It's interesting. It is interesting, no doubt about it. I just think the smell taste combination between the nose, if you're drinking it in a glass, it's hard to get past that initial that smell taste combination in the beginning. Yeah. All right, Franny. <laughs> Anything else to add? You are at a yeah, seven. Seven. I am at a four. And 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 just full disclosure, everything else that we have tasted from Alvarado Street Brewery. Has been very, very good. Uh, not most the of it. Not the oh, last. Oh, the, the 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 blonde wasn't the, the, the Bigsby blonde. Yeah. The Bigsby blonde was. I mean, we're not huge fans of weedy beers like but that. But they make yeah. a lot. Of it was a good beer. I'm yeah. sure a lot of people would find that is solid. It's a solid wheat beer. Um, it just doesn't match our flavor profile. But I have to drink a little bit of this this uh, Sazerac just to get the taste out of my mouth. Hold on one second. Yeah. Mm. Did that wash it out? Did that wash it down? Oh, yeah. That got rid of the All flavor. Right. Thank All goodness. Right. All right, Franny. What's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is our housekeeping to finish up the night. And I am ready to go to sleep. 
Oh, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. That. All right. Says 2018. Johnny Walker Green, man. We have been a show about football, Bro. fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Please head over. Please head to our website at thirstygold.busbrow.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes. You can check out our show notes and get links to all of the stories that we cover, all of the bourbons, the rise, and the scotches that we review as long or as well as all of the beers that we review. You get links to all the podcatchers out there. Pocket Cast, Castbox, Castbox, as well as Apple Podcasts and Pandora. We are on Pandora, folks. Please look for us on Pandora. You can leave us a review. How many stars, Franny? Five stars, Ben. All right. Leave us a five-star review. You can email us at podcastthirstygold at gmail.com. You can call us and leave us a voicemail. The link or the, the phone number is in the show notes. You can follow us on my mediocre Twitter account at Goal Thirst and on Friday's <laughs> amazing Twitter or uh, Instagram account <laughs> at Thirst and and check out all of the photography and all of the things that we do. Friday, what say Well, thank you so very much, everybody, for tuning in week after week and listen to us. Yes, episode 85. If you have Banter. gone this far with us, <laughs> Congratulations. All right. We'll see you next week.